0: all (laughs)
1: right
2: so this is the 2020 uh look back ironically named and we'll do a quick peek into some possibilities for 2021 and hopefully it's not the shit show we had in 2020 there gentlemen um i guess we'll start with the best lifter awards men's and women's And should we right. really go first and we get the ball rolling? Or do you guys want to go? Rory
1: seems like he's fired up. Rory's, so Rory's it, full of piss of vinegar here. They are booze.
3: Rory. I've, I've spent hours today thinking about this. And I know that Bill is going to argue about what I what I say. So I, w- I want to throw it out there and get the discussion Let's rolling. It. Let's do it. Okay.
2: Wrong. Okay.
1: Wrong. <laughs> Wrong.
3: Sorry. Best, best men. Taylor Atwood, 812 kilos at... 73.7 I think it was um so uh 11 times body weight um what was that like 60 kilos at the time a- a- ahead of the next best total from a 74 kilo lifter uh not long after that I think uh, Austin Perkins totaled 800 um which is amazing uh so, but I'm throwing Atwood out there for for best best men
2: you know that's not crazy that's 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 fair I mean it's uh Obviously when he posted that up, people were absolutely dumbfounded. When I, I remember reposting on king of the lifts and the comment section was like, you know, Russ, Russell, or he himself hopped in there and was like, my God, um, I have a like his mock me was coming up and people are like, you think you're going to do, what are you going to do? Something crazy to rival that. And he's like, I don't know if you can rival that, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. You know, when other world-class elite lifters are tipping their hat, like, wow. Okay you know that says a lot um i think taylor atwood is a is a solid choice and um yeah well well said sir. and he's the first it should be noted there was a lot of hype on will a 74 cross the 800 kilo line and um obviously he was the first 74 ever listen records fall every single freaking year no one remembers but you always remember first who did 800 first the record after that 812 813 800 whatever is going to continue to fall. Who did it first? Those big, it's a milestone in sports, those big milestones. And Taylor did it. And it was much hyped. It wasn't like a weight class. I had a milestone coming and it wasn't much hyped. That was about as hyped a milestone as we had for 2020. In terms of tip of the cap to him, that was probably the biggest milestone hyped up. And Bill will tell you King of the list might have maybe hyped a little too much up on the 74. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And I'm sure Bill is echoing um, some other people who would say, yeah, we got it. It was a storyline, but it was a big one. The sports got milestones. He crossed it. And that was a big one. Nice choice, sir. What do you think, Bill? He thought there's going to be some pushback from yourself here. What are your thoughts on his pick? And what's your
1: pick? I have no problems with Atwood at all. I mean, like, you know, 800, first 800 total at 74, the big deal for sure. It was at a local meet though. So this is why my pick of Aston Rushka at the Arnold as a 93, okay? He hit 881 and a half at 93 at the Arnold in front of international referees, okay? He obviously later on went in the year, hit like a 950.5 as a 105, but again, at a local meet. Um, but this was actually the Arnold on the biggest stage there, the Grand Prix with the prize money involved and actual internet. So it was the only meet from what I understand that actually had, oh, I'm sorry, there was a meet in Iceland also that Kimberly Walford did in January. So there was a January meet and then this meet were the only two international meets I believe that happened um, in, you know, 2020. So him doing that on that stage at that body weight, you know, uh, what was it? You know, 28 kilos over the world record that's standing. Um, So that would be my pick would be Ashton at 93, not 105. And, and, and let me say, um, so you got specific there. So I'm going to snowball off yours because
2: I also picked Ashton. Um, he broke the as lifter of the year because he actually did it in two different weight classes, same year. Again, it's a, it's a weird year where we don't have international competitions and set for the Arnold, but then obviously a weird storyline there, but, all aside if we just look at biggest ever and we just say that we'll say look look there was no world there was a lot international competition so we say unofficial world records though the biggest totals ever taylor did phenomenal in 812 the thing is ashton did it as a 93 and then later on in the year as a 105 950 two different weight classes same year who jumps a weight class Doesn't even fill it all the way out. Still does the best total you ever seen in that weight class. I honestly, off the top of my head, can't remember the last time I've seen somebody best total in a weight class, same calendar year, move up a weight class, best total ever in that weight class that we've ever seen in an IPF umbrella. You have to remember, just I mean,
1: so Jesse Norris did compete in the ninety threes, so his total was about thirty five kilos more than Ashton did in the ninety threes uh um, ah, so it wasn't actually the biggest total ever in the 90s. it would have been an official world record that's right but yeah, but then it got taken like away kilos above the, whatever the world record is yeah, yeah, yeah right but then it got taken but, away right but the 950 at 105 is you know by far the biggest yeah it stands well put it this way thank you first off for saying that so i don't get a shitload of dms
2: <laughs> people <laughs> people hear this and they're like actually um but uh but still, it's, it's a it's a monster total. It's obviously, it would have been yeah. a world record. It's a shame it doesn't stand. But the 950 is absolutely... Another, another caveat I should add is it's the highest. I know we're on good lift points. There's not a great historical basis with good lift points, but you could just oh, apply yeah. it to historical lifts. And it's the biggest that we had in 2020 in terms of sure. all the lifters. I don't know how well people like the point system. We haven't had a lot of big competition, so it's not a big, you don't like it, right? So... Whatever you take from the point system, take it at this. He had the highest points of 2020 for the men, whatever that holds with you. However, I'm not basing it all on the point system. His work at 93 and 105 in the same calendar year is phenomenal. And his 950 total fucking blew my mind as a 105. And he didn't even fill it out. So Ashton is my male lifter of the year. Um, What are you thinking there, Arian?
0: Sorry, Rory. I mean, it was a, it was a toss up for me and I, I was going between, okay, these are both, both top lifters for the year. And I was looking at more as the entire year at that point where Bill just went with the single performance. I said, okay, if they're both that good, let's look at the entire year, what meets do they do, what totals do they put up and everything like that. And so Taylor was a little bit injured going into the nationals last year. So he did my, my March meet in New York uh, just for fun. He didn't cut weight. He didn't have as good of a performance there. Then all of a sudden, he does the meet in Florida, and that's where, yeah, he breaks the 800-kilo barrier. He takes back the squad American record, the bench American record. And not only does he do 800, but he goes way above that. And I think it's like, you know, 97.5% of the Russ's world record total for the higher weight class. So he's like that close to the next weight class. But like like Bill and you were saying, Ashton broke the 93-kilo world record at the Arnold before they took it away. Then he went up to 105s and he did a, you know, a test meet or a mock meet, an actual meet. And he basically unofficially broke the world record. Then he goes, oh, I'm competing again in like, you know, in five weeks or six weeks. And he came back in five or six weeks and just smashed the 105 even further, uh, so much further than what he had done and b- what the records were. So those three performances were all three world record performances in two weight classes. And like you said, Ashton has them beat on GL points by a little bit. And they're both actually tied on dots for Ashton's 105 kilo performance. So I had to put Ashton's number one. You say dots? I dropped it. That's what open powerlifting defaults to. It is, it is.
2: Yeah, dots, man. I can't, look, I can't fall. I don't know what, we have so many points floating around now. and some people are sticking to Wilkes, which whatever, it's been around forever. You I know, don't know. What my favorite
1: points are? Kilos. Oh, I knew you were going to say. Uncle that.
0: Uh, on old Wilkes and new Wilkes, Atwood beats Ashton. On um, Dots crazy. and GL, Ashton uh, beats Atwood. So it's a toss-up.
2: You know what you should have said, Bill, to be more American? You go, you know what my favorite formula is? Pounds. 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 You have freedom units. And I can't hear your arguments over all this freedom I'm enjoying. <laughs> no, it's it's close. I, did, um, I actually made a note I was going to say – the closest of runners-ups would have been like edging out Atwood. And I had a feeling someone might throw Atwood in there. If one of you fellas did not say Atwood, I was going to give the same spiel that Rory ended up saying uh, because it deserves mention when it's this close. For me, it was that close. Um, had Atwood had to be mentioned in there. So I'm glad Rory said it. It, was, it had to be said. Taylor, fucking, he made history, man. And um, I, I, honestly, I do cherish milestones. What's the, you know, just off the top of your head's, Is there a, what was a milestone you saw crossed that is impactful for you? And what's the next, is there a milestone ahead that we could look forward to in the sport?
1: The biggest one ever went mainstream. I mean, are you saying like, like something that we've actually seen in person? I mean, like, Um, you know. Well, you know what, if you see seen in person, if you know, if you see seen a yeah. person tell the story and it'll be. I mean, obviously, I mean, Ray squatting the the, the thousand pounds, the 455 or whatever it was, was incredible. Right. Um, but I remember at a local meet, it was one of my like my third or fourth meet, this guy, John Bogart, benched 700 pounds in a shirt. And I was like, what am I even doing here? Like, this is like, 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 you know, I'm, you know my first meet, I was like, you know you know, low 400 pounds in a shirt kind of thing, like, you know, 185, 187, 190. And I'm like, what am I even doing at this place right now? This guy in my weight class just benched 320 kilos. Like, but I remember seeing that and that was like the, the biggest milestone ever. And now like you have Blaine benching, you know, 455 kilos, you know, well over a thousand pounds. Um, but also, I also saw Blaine squat that 500 kilos too for the first time and that was insane. That was so good, so crazy um i love that story i when my first year of powerlifting
2: i showed up and some master lifter who's like a world champion showed up as well and i don't even think he was from we were in the u.s but he wasn't from the u.s um but anyways i remember he was like an older fella and that but i was super is like my second or third competition in my first year and by the end i was like how the fuck is this total like 300 pounds ahead of, did I miss an event or something? Was there an extra <laughs> event I didn't show up at? How, how, did this, how is this total so far ahead had to let me- you
1: squat twice and you're still lost. Did I miss something here? But um,
2: every now and then there's that humbling experience where somebody comes around. I do think the biggest milestone our sport has ever seen was Ray Williams, thousand pound squat. ESPN took it and not in a year when we were locked down and they didn't have other sports and were dying for exposure. They took it and ran with it just for a sports story, just for for on the human side. Oh my God, a human just squatted a thousand pounds. Um, I I had people come up to me, talking to me about that, who had knew nothing about powerlifting. They just knew I did and wanted to talk to me about because they saw it in the news. So that was probably the biggest milestone we've ever seen, and well all I, I'll never I I wasn't there in the U.S. I saw it on stream. I'll never forget that day, and um, so that was I think for me and. In terms of, I mean, obviously walking into 2020, we all knew the 874 kilo was a big one that had to fall. I'm not sure if I'm looking ahead. Uh, sorry, fellas, let me ask you if there's any that stick out previously for you or have we already taken them all from you, Arian and Rory? Is there any other ones that pop out?
0: I mean, it, it depends on whether you're you may impactful for us or maybe for the sport. Like, like you said, the 1,000-pound squat for racing, that person was... With- pretty crazy. And Josh Force still has that bar signed by Ray. So we'll see, maybe it'll be worth something, but yeah, anytime you get on ESPN, whether it's Ray Williams, or I think uh, Jess Bittner was on uh, Instagram ESPN for a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's nice and all that we're on the Olympic channel now for worlds and world games, but like, I don't know how many people watch the Olympic channel versus the more we can get on ESPN. Uh, but the thing I was trying to think of going forward, maybe is even though it's happened before, it'd be interesting to see it now in the social media age is uh james hollywood henderson benched over 700 pounds back in the day in just a t-shirt um no like i think even sometimes he had like no wrist straps or anything like that he, had a watch so, on.
1: he was wearing a watch
0: he just comes out of the crowd he lays down like gets the lift off and benched 715 i think maybe 722 so it'd be interesting to be able to see an ipf lifter it would have been nice if it was like you know thomas david or something like that you will come back and do over 700 pound barrier drug tested and get that on social media and see how pe- crazy people go
2: Larry, uh, the, the, the USAPL president came on the podcast talked about that incident. I should you know, I can't remember if he said this, or if I threw this in just joking that it, it's like he lifted his leg and put it over the other leg like his leg, like you're sitting in a lawn chair.
1: Oh yeah, he was like a he was like a ridiculous dude. Like he would literally sit in sit in the crowd, like with his arm around like some random woman in the crowd, and they call his name. And he'd be <laughs> like, "Okay, hey, hold on one second, let me go out there." And he would like go up and like just in the in the NWO theme song comes on, and Hollywood Hulk Hogan <laughs> right.
2: makes his way to the ring, and we are we are real American. <laughs> and it was the Hulk Hogan theme comes, and the crowd. If, goes, if, you, right. if
0: you go on YouTube, you can see some of his training footage, and oh, you'll see his personality on there. It's true, and. He'll pause like 405 on his chest and he'll just start talking in the video like it's nothing and press up. And like when he gets his lift off, he'll tell that way, get out the way, I got this and stuff like that. <laughs> the you know, but there, my there's some footage of him at Worlds doing less weight, but the footage of him doing the most weight, I believe is like, you know, people have it on tape somewhere. Uh, it's not on YouTube, but it would be interesting for some people to, to see that. But yeah, apparently he was a, very much a showman coming out of the crowd doing 700 like it's nothing.
2: We need another one, fellas. We need somebody else like that i fear yeah. it's a little too tight it'd have to be a local meet it's a little you can't do that at a full-on sanctioned competition but um at a local meet you can get away with that and just make it even if it's unofficial you become a legend um how about you rory any any stories come to mind in terms of milestones or do we take them from you
3: that's a, less of a milestone um but i i wrote the lift that had the most impact on me is i watched uh jezo wepa take the uh squat world record off ray i think it was shortly after the first time someone squatted a thousand pounds and it was in the, it was in about 2016 and i watched that live and that was like the most ridiculous room that i've ever been in like the energy in the room was <laughs> was amazing it was like 455 kilos or something and i think he hit it on a second and then like like loaded up 465 or 470 or something ridiculous for his third and it was it was unbelievable
2: yeah you know what i i do remember that um i mean it, it was almost it was crazy because Ray did what he did and you're thinking like well he's so far ahead of the pack and then when Jezza steps up and does what he does and to- you couldn't get a far enough further away place on the total other side of the world you guys also have your own juggernaut who's it was a squat machine um yeah man the world was crazy at that point wasn't it and he actually raises unofficial and he was actually held the world record he's the one who was the first man to squat over a thousand pounds uh, to IPF international standards. If I'm not correct,
0: right? Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm pretty sure like in the, in the training room, like leading up to some worlds, he'd be like, you know, warming up to like a 400 kilo front squat or something oh, like that. Je- Jez is just yeah. ridiculous when it comes to squatting.
1: I have a I, video I think, of that from Belarus. That's crazy, yeah.
0: I think he's the person who
3: squatted a thousand pounds the most times in competition as, as Jezza. Uh, oh, okay.
1: Like,
3: I think he's done it like 12 or 13 times now.
2: Holy smokes, I had no idea. Ironically, he didn't squat that when he won the world championships. The guy guy who squatted over a thousand pounds, the most ever in IPF level did not break out the thousand pound squat when he won, which is freaking crazy. It's one of those, that's sports, man. Sometimes it just, it shakes up the way it shakes up. Also Ray and Jez's thousand pound squats in terms of like the first, both men hitting it for the first time were so tight. Imagine Jezza went first, how different history would
3: have been. Oh, for sure.
2: Frank, you know, like Ray it, scheduling is everything. And you know, both men walking into that year were telling themselves, I think I got a thousand. I think he's got a thousand. <laughs> <Right>? Like, <laughs> Let's take a look at the schedule here, you know, but uh, it is what it is. It didn't shake up that way. Is there a barrier coming up? that any of you guys see, I'll throw this out here right now. I don't know how realistic it is, but it's powerlifting. And when it comes to this individual, anything's possible. Ashton Ruska, when I posted his 950 and and there was some chatter in the comments. Oh my God. Oh my God. Ashton said, I hadn't filled out 105. When I fill out 105, 2021, you're going to see a thousand kilo fall in the 105s which would have been absolutely ridiculous to say just a couple of years ago, a thousand kilo in the one Oh fives. Let me tell you this. Rondell hunt is neck and neck with Ashton. It's kind of like Jezza and Ray chasing that thousand pound squat. These gentlemen are real close. I don't know how close we are, as 2021. You know, how it goes in sports, best of intentions. We might be a couple of years off progress can slow. But the way he moved 950, because it's Ashton, because it's Rondell Hunt, these guys are freaks. That's one that I'm looking for. And 105s, in terms of a division to be excited about, this isn't a division where one guy's ahead of the pack and we're just gonna be excited about that record and that's all. The 105 is the hottest division internationally, period. The 105s is just stacked. So if we walk into a world championships, and we have a milestone on the plate and that kind of a showdown forget about it you know king of is going to run with this like the 74 kilo boys with the 800 kilo total all over again
1: i don't want to get ahead of myself but that's the next one i see do you fellas see another one i mean a thousand kilos hasn't happened in 120 either so i mean it's in yeah you're right which is it's just crazy so i mean like we you know, know dennis is that, capable We know, know i was saying i know, I know yeah. dennis has been chasing that thousand kilos for you know a couple of years now and um so yeah but if, if listen if they could do that but I mean I believe I mean I obviously Ashton has to eat into the 105s where I think Rondell's a pretty solid 105 He's you could just see Rondell just be like screw it man let's just go 120 and you know smash that thousand I mean he could take out he... taking out Dennis's record is uh, something that pretty much no one thought would actually happen you know for a long time so wow I, you know I, I
0: didn't
2: even think about that that's a good point because I know Dennis yeah. had hit a thousand kilo just not he just was a little heavier than his weight limit so I didn't even think that
1: uh he was I mean, with Dennis, wraps too maybe or something like that whatever yeah but yeah
2: he didn't yeah I thought he did it sleeved but he was just heavy and he, yeah, he might it, have um yeah but, so i didn't even think that that it hadn't happened but i guess he never made weight at 120 and oh did yeah it. he was he was 132 when he hit it <laughs> okay wow i love a little <laughs> it's just a stitch over just a small water cut over so we have to see it in the 120. you know it the thing is the drama behind it isn't as rich only because we've seen him do it and it's almost like it's almost something you hear and you're shocked he hasn't done it yet because his right. numbers look like it should have happened already. Whereas mm-hmm. when the 74 kilo boys are moving up to 800, um, it felt like, like there was tension coming up there. Cause there's like, can he do it? Can he do it? Oh my God. It happened. Whereas Dennis has done it not under the same weight class conditions, but it feels, it just feels yep. different. I think if we had seen Taylor do it as an 83 cuts down and can he do it lighter with body weight? It just doesn't feel the same. Does it? When you've never seen the guy ever put it together, you can't picture it because you've never seen it. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it does put into perspective. Maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Maybe Ashton's getting a little ahead of himself saying 900 uh, as a
1: 105. I mean, maybe 50 kilos, still 50 kilo. Who knows? It's Ashton. It, it, but I think a more realistic one would be like 900 at 93, I think would be the next kind of possible, like legitimately like could happen this year kind of thing uh, with, you know, Anatoly or if Ashton goes back down to the 93s or something like that. Um, cause the, or, or k or, is that how you K-Cow, say his name? Yeah. K-Cow? K-Cow. Yeah. 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 K-Cow. Um, I mean, those, I mean, he obviously hasn't competed all year, but you know, I think that's more of a legitimate or more of a realistic thing for the shorter term would be like a 993. You know what? I think you're, you're probably right. If I'm not mistaken, if when he, oh, falls, he's, he's, he's got the next podcast in his head already, he's thinking the, about it. Look at that. The Wheels are churning. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think, um,
2: I think Anatoly at a local meet hit or or maybe as the Ukrainian nationals hit like 870, 875. Like they're getting close. And yeah. these are these are guys in their 20s that have fast progress. Anatoly is still like mid-20s, maybe still early 20s, even. Well, I guess so, I guess
1: Jesse Norse has already done 914. So what am I talking about? Forget it. Shit's been ah, done. Frank, dude, we keep <laughs> forgetting <laughs> he did it, he did about Jesse nine Norris. Kilos too, so forget it.
2: We keep forgetting about Jesse Norse. I did it earlier when you reminded me we were talking about <laughs> It is what it is. He creeps up on <laughs> yeah. you.
0: I was going to jump in and say, like, maybe for us and people that are involved in powerlifting, the total may seem like big barriers and impactful, but for like, you know, the average person, they have no idea what a thousand kilo total is because they don't even know the lifts and they don't know their own lifts to see how to compare. So I was thinking more like individual lifts or individual people. And I think maybe the next thing in the f- next few years that might come up, that might be a big barrier would be a 600 pound squat uh, or deadlift in the 84 kilo class. Since we haven't seen the 600 pound in 84, we've seen 84 plus, but you know, when the average person sees it, they try and bring up the body weight or body weight multiplier or something like that. But if you didn't do it in the 84 kilo class, now there's a weight class limit on there and the, the lifters are more lean and like that. Seeing that out of Amanda, Danny, or whoever comes up, that that would be a pretty impactful like single lift. And then the other thing I was thinking of is if, if John Deuce Gruden could come back Win the eighty threes and maybe go to worlds and win the worlds in the open class. Then that's going to be very impactful of like you know getting across news media and everything like that. That he won junior worlds and then he came back and won open worlds and he's like the straining and conditioning coach for the Raiders.
2: You know what? Yeah, I mean he won the junior worlds right in Belarus yeah. with the controversial and, and, Sean Noriega. I but that uh, but that definitely.
0: But still, that get out in newspapers and stuff like that. Coach Gruden's son wins powerlifting world championship, whatever. And people got a little bit of idea what powerlifting is. So it would be interesting to see him come back and win the Open and how much that would blow up. On a uh, similar note, I think we
3: might see in the 76-kilo class, like deadlifts in the 260s, 270s, like potentially as high as 700 pounds like relatively soon. Like a lot of the the women in the 72s are pulling – 220 to 250 already, and and just like a few kilos extra body weight will be
0: make a big difference to that. I think
2: it's got to be said, it's got to be said.
0: Yeah, like, like, imagine uh, Jess pulling 600 pounds, like, don't, hey, don't take no, the
2: fire out of my no, dude, no, you no, know but, that's
0: where I was going. You knew that's but, where it's going. You took the wind out of my sails. Let me say it. Well, well, Rory set it up, but like, just imagine no one can complain about that. What are they gonna say? How are they gonna hate on that?
2: Yeah, and um. Yeah, Jess pulled 250, 551 pounds as a 72, and at 76, and she's still, obviously, she's still in her 20s, she's 25 now, so still in her prime, like fast, in terms of, uh, you know, progress, rate of adaptation, so she gains another four kilo of body size, still in her mid-20s, so how much can she add on naturally anyways if she stayed, man, it's, it's, it's not like I mean, her
3: deadlift has slowed down either, right? Like, it's not like she's got 250 after getting 247 last year and 245 the year right. before. Like, she's put 50 kilos on her deadlift in, like, the last three years.
1: Like, that's yeah. moving. I do think um, – She was I, 12 three years ago. That's why. <laughs> <And she's> like <laughs> like oh, that's, that's the thing. The, the, younger, the younger lifters like that, like, you know, obviously, like, you know, someone like Kimberly Walford has been doing it for – You know, like you said, eighteen years now. Like you know, it's impossible to keep up that same pace. But like, yes, for sure. I mean, her progress is incredible, incredible, incredible. Because partly because she is younger in the sport, kind of thing, for sure. Yeah. So she, you know, started started off as a freak already, and now with the you know quote unquote newbieish gains, whatever, has become this massive, massive freak, monster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think uh,
2: I think squatting. What do you guys think is more likely, squatting? 600 or deadlifting 600 for Amanda Lawrence. At, initially I was thinking like squatting uh, like a way, like a couple of years back or I mean I don't even know if it's a couple of years back but now her deadlift has been flying very strong in the deadlift. She might pull 600 before she squats it. It's close. I mean it's close. So look at I think I think you're right Aaron. When you say in terms of let me just say in terms of milestones in breaking over to the public, yeah, the public does not wanna sit and watch three hours of powerlifting to see the conclusion of, oh, a 74 finally crossed the 800 kilo barrier. That's not gonna make it on an ESPN share. What will is Ray Williams squatting a thousand pounds. It's 10 seconds, not even, but you see his setup, and then it hits. That's the little bite that's gonna go viral. So if a woman, the first woman, 84 to squat 600 pounds or deadlift 600 pounds or Jessica Bittner deadlift 600 pounds, a lot easier for that storyline to break off into the mainstream. I think you're 100% right about
1: that. And that's what that But but conventional. If we're being being legitimately talking about it to appeal to the masses, it's gonna have to be a conventional deadlift or else there's gonna be, you know, She'll talk that, that much more that,
0: heat that's why that's why i think for amanda i i want to say the deadlift will happen before the squat especially like you know ipf depth on squat but i think people seeing her how deep she'll squat on a 600 people might see that more impressive than yes yeah, seeing the sumo but that's why we talk about jess because like yeah. just pulls pulls conventional she's got the lot longer range of motion and no one's going to be able to hate on that when she pulls that 600 I mean people will, right? Like it'll be, oh, she's on she's on insulin,
3: like she's obviously cheating. But of course there's always <laughs> gonna be haters. So like fuck But that's mostly
2: Aryan. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, I think you're both right. I think in terms of mainstream, like powerlifters get it, but the mainstream they want to see conventional and then um, a six hundred pound squat's a six hundred pound squat for God's sake. If Amanda squat six hundred pounds, everybody's gonna make like, into IPS spec, everyone's gonna make like, holy shit. <laughs> I
1: think that's the other um, big milestone I would kind of throw in there would be like a 600 pound, like 270 plus bench under a super heavyweight, Yeah. right? It's n- never been done in the raw division before, you know, um, Jonathan Cow's very close. Obviously, Jake Amendola, my guy's close. Um, trying to you know, hype up his own lifter. Like What's that?
0: No, so yeah, I'm, I'm saying, up his like, own if you're lift. talking about
1: appealing to the masses, I mean, the bench bros want to see that stuff, right? Yeah,
0: de- I mean, definitely for the bench. Someone like uh, Jake, who you know, lays down flat, got a long yeah, range of motion, everything like that. They would love that 600 pound bench.
1: Yeah, for of the bench
0: like 265.
1: He did 265 at like 108, whatever. Yeah, but he's done 272 in training before. You cut off his segue to his coaching services
2: area, and you spoke to him. He was just about <laughs> to drop his. <laughs> Get the lift.com fellas. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you want to boost your bench up, but um, no, you're 100% right. Um, all right, fellas, let's move on to, I almost forgot we have a, an award ceremony here. We got a little off track, <laughs> but um, female lifter of the year. We
1: might first, be though. all
2: on the same page here, but
1: let's see. Who oh. wants to go? Who do you think? Leah Bavala. Ooh. Oh, stop. How? <laughs>
3: 5, 542.5 kilos at 64, like 210 yeah, squat. Yeah, 64,
1: at, right. So she's okay. Yeah. Go ahead, keep going. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> 210, <laughs> 210, squat
3: at, 210 squat at 64, which is right. equal to the best ever squat in the 72 kilo class. As a That's the squat of the 72. year for
1: sure. Yeah,
3: yeah. And then 220, she posted on Instagram, probably a little bit high, um, but, but very impressive squat nonetheless.
1: I mean, that was three hours ago. But <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> man, it's fresh
2: breaking news. So, Listen, was, He's, saying, he's <laughs> riling Bill up with an Instagram
1: gym okay. squat and squat lifter of the year. Bill's about to lose his shit right now. He can't, <laughs> no, he no, can't no, get his cool. words out. He's so mad. But honestly, okay. So realistically, Jess Bittner is the female lifter of the year. Okay. She has to be. She hit that massive 72 kilo total that no one else has ever come close to at a national level meet. So there was national level referees at the meet at the very least. Whereas, um, you know, Laya did it at a local meet and Laya did it in a weight class that she not in. Right. So um, I can't give a, an award like this to the lifter of the year to someone who competed, who didn't even bother to cut weight to her weight class. I have an issue with that. Um, so yeah, but obviously with Jess, I mean, hitting over the, um, world record squat, she's hitting over the world record deadlift, you know, just a massive, massive total win CPU nationals before, you know, the shutdown everywhere happened. I think that deserves it strictly because of the actual referees and significance of being a national meet. That's, my, 5, that's my pick.
3: Five, right? The total- I'm sorry. <laughs> 562.5 was the total.
1: That's right. Uh, yes, it was.
2: Um, now, were you pronouncing Leah Laya as a backhand further to Rory on purpose? Lea, I'm sorry. Is
1: it, is it Laya? Uh, yeah, I don't it's know her. Leah. Lea. Not Leah. Lea. It's Leah. You liar. Is it Leah? Leah? Lea. sorry, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Leah. That was a microaggression, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you so, liar. You liar. <laughs> so but, when you uh, said everyone was in agreement, Six-pack, who did you mean? Okay, well, I was being cocky because I I have two. Well, oh, can oh I man. go first then? Okay, you go. God, have two. It,
0: it, it's actually good because, you know, the, the women's side is a lot more of a toss-up because, like, you know, there's Jess, there's Leah, also Carol Gara did very well this year. Yeah, but, for sure.
1: She was the best 63 of the year for
0: sure. Yeah, and my pick, while it was a local meet, they I mean, they did have national referees, but it is local meet, is Amanda Lawrence because – how well she did from her previous year previous year she you know she hit 613 twice and then all of a sudden she bumps up you know 33 kilos smashes all the records makes all her lifts uh, with those national referees there everything like that and if you want i know people don't like points but if you go and you go to points regardless of what points it is old wilks new Wilkes, dots geo points she is number one male or female on there yeah for
3: sure strong nice. argument strong yeah. argument yeah
1: I mean, again, just the, the local meat thing kind of just kind of puts the other one. That's why she puts Jess over the top for me. It's just because it was a legitimate national meet where, you know, she had to win to kind of make the world team, the national team for Canada. So that just gives it a l- little bit of edge for me. That's all. But I mean, no one really can complain with all three of these picks, to be honest with you. All
0: right, Ryan. Except for Ryan,
1: be- when he hits you with somebody else. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest
2: and I'm going to rock all your fucking worlds. Um because of who I am and what you guys always say about me in the group chat about me and Jessica, (laughs) I actually lean towards Amanda Lawrence due to this being the biggest women's total in all of the IPF. And she's not in the top class. That's very rare. And a wise man once told me, the most reliable formula you're going to (laughs) have kilos. (laughs) And not only does she have the highest formula, whatever you want, she also has the highest kilos, despite not being in the heaviest class. To me, honestly, I was, I was, I mean, look, at, I I get Jessica Bittner did it at National Standards, and and that's huge for me as well. And I respect that. Um, The one thing is, it's rare somebody from the lighter weight class comes in and has the biggest total across the world and they're not even the in the heavyweight class and they have every single formula for them as well that's that's freaking tough that's a that's a tough one if it was u.s raw nationals not canadian raw nationals and i don't say that because the judging be tougher because canadian raw nationals everyone knows canadian judges are tough but the competition would have been different so she would her selection attempt would have been tested further. So it's a little more game day factors that I like to see, which make it a tougher win. Um, But in terms of walking in relatively unthreatened, I think they both walked in relatively unthreatened. Um, And in terms of standard, I, I get it national level, but Amanda's lifts looked good to me. It's just oh, she had every single formula in the freaking kilos. I love that. I love it where she could put her hands up and be like, break out what formula formulas we want. But end of the day, nobody in the world lifted more than me. And there's something there that's fucking. But uh, anyway, so for me, and looking, you know, I love Jessica Binner. She's she's our Canadian golden girl, right? Uh, so I would love to have given it to her. And I was 100% prepared to, but that made it tough. That just uh, Amanda took it from me. So I'm going to lean towards Amanda Lawrence and um, Jessica Bittner is my closest of close. She's, I got my Taylor Atwood for close nomination and second and uh, Jessica is my second, but it's a good discussion, Bill. Thank you for throwing that out there, man. Because if you, if nobody would have said, it's the same thing with Taylor. If nobody would have brought up Jessica, I was going to, and I was like, fuck it, I'm Canadian. I know they're going to gang up on me, (laughs) right? I knew it. I was like, this is going to be a fight. This is going to be, this is going to be one of those deals. Bill saying, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Now I could, now I could, uh, whatever. It takes a little pressure off me. Um, good discussion, fellas. Any anything else you want to throw in there? Or, or we pretty
1: much cover it? I think we kind of hit that with the last session. I mean, unless there's yeah, another, yeah. is there a, is there a fourth person anyone had in mind at all? Or? I think we got it
2: with like, you know, yeah. Leah Bavo phenomenal, but you know, she, if she would have made 63 kilo would have been a, better argument but that would have put her just alongside with Jessica for me and her and Jessica would be head to head but again Amanda for me for the reasons I said
0: still yeah back. I think making that weight cost important because I think I I would even put uh, Gara's performance above Leah's just because mm-hmm. she made weight and she bumped up unofficially the world record even further
2: but even then for me uh, you know this in terms of historical significance what Amanda did taking all the formulas and the uh, yeah
0: yeah, that's why I put like Amanda one, Jess two, probably maybe Gar three, Leah four.
2: Got gotcha. but they're all they're all top of the food chain. Um, which one do you want to do next? We have um, obviously breakout star. We could go into the singulars in terms of uh, biggest bench, squat deadlift. Lifters, let's do the so singulars
1: since we're talking about the, the like the open right now. So let's when we do that. Start with the squats then, as we do sure, in a powerlifting competition. Here's some not? for me. And
2: we have in the heavyweight class 410 kilo 903 pounds getting shifted by some big boys trey thomas and jesus Oliveras. and jesus hit that with ridiculous speed at 21 years old for me that takes it in terms of nudging it the biggest squat we've seen but for him to do it as a junior what jesus is doing at 21 years
1: old is ridiculous you know speed. joseph peña did 420 last year right or this year was it this year yeah this year you know that, right? jalapena yeah Jalapena. well thank you just, for jumping in there with that sir was that but you uh we also, would, but you also was, know that like Oliveras' squat was 80 kilos less than the american record right yeah but that's ray williams i know
2: no i'm well aware but he didn't lift you're in 20. About the, the year you're, that's why he, he, said, ju- that's he said junior he didn't lift the 2020 either ray williams okay, that, that
1: that's fine but okay so mm. so you're going with pena then with the 420 as a junior. He's,
0: he's saying a, a junior, he's saying, hey Zeus. Is Peña
1: still a junior?
0: Yeah, yeah of course. 22. Oh, wow. He, he did collegiate nationals. He did 420, 230 bench, 310 deadlift.
1: Then I'll go with Peña. Yeah, I mean, as far as the squat goes, I mean, it's a, it's a you know, new dad too. So the guy's you know, barely sleeping at all. I know all about that for sure. Peña. he a new dad? Yeah. Yeah. What but, do you um, fellas say?
3: I can't argue with that. That's a great squat.
0: You want to go, Bill?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are way off with those, by the way. I mean, <laughs> but it's fine. I mean, I, I, you know, I love Joey, but um, well, the two I had was basically was Perkins with his 300 kilo squat at 74, which is like 70, 17 kilos above the world record standard or world record total uh, world record squat. Sorry, and then Ashton's 360 squat at 105 was also 17 kilos above. So I mean when you're talking about sh- sheer weight moved in yeah. world record I mean th- those two got to be you know, up there for sure. Well to break it um cuz Perkins is still a junior as well. Ashton is no longer Ashton's ju- a junior also. An American junior or international. Uh in Both. 20 Yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm not sure in 20 yeah.
0: Well Ashton, I uh, me look it up.
1: Yes, he'll Please. he'll be he'll be a 24. He'll be 24 next year so this is his last international junior year okay 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 wow man these juniors are all of them are juniors that we all
2: just nominated holy freaking smokes talk about the juniors coming up incidentally obviously amanda lawrence correct me if i'm wrong is still a junior as well no uh probably i mean yes sure, all of them (laughs) and we picked ashton for for lifter man these are all juniors we've nominated so far talk about 2020 being the year of the young bloods yeah she's Um,
0: 1997 so this was her last year as well for ipf level
2: holy freaking smokes what are you thinking arian
0: so i got two and uh for the raw dog squad of the year i gotta go austin perkins 300 kilos he did more, more than Taylor, and he made some crazy improvements. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he did have COVID leading up to it as well. So not only was his training down, uh, but his numbers were actually better beforehand. So who knows what he would have done if he was healthy all the way through. So I had to do that. And then and I got to throw, throw an equipped squad in there. How quickly you guys forget Blaine Sumner, 5'15", at the Arnold. It was a world record. The IPF even posted on their Instagram saying world record. The biggest squat ever done in IPF history. I know they took it away, but still just the way he he was like stumbling on his walkout. I was close by filming it. I thought I thought I was going to fall over and die. But he somehow was able to get, get under the weight, get his stance and and squat that up.
2: Bill, if you had to pick or fellas or Rory, if you got to pick the split between Austin and um Ashtons, which way are you leaning?
3: I'm probably more impressed by Austin's squat.
2: Can I be honest? I lean towards Austin as well between those two.
1: <laughs>
2: and it's also historically building up towards the 800 kilo. If you missed that,
1: none of that would have taken place. I, mean, I was um, going to talk about Blaine after you guys were done talking about the raw guys, but I mean, that's the, that's the squat of the year. If we're going to be completely honest. There's, I mean, your 515 kilos is the squat of the year. But You guys don't like that stuff, so we'll go on. We'll keep moving on. (laughs) Who you got, Rory? (laughs) I
2: thought thought you went, right? Or no? Yeah. So we went went. to the females?
1: Females? Who do you guys got? I'll let you guys go first. I mean, I kind of already said my pick. I mean, Leah hitting 210 at 64 kilos. So basically it's, you know, above the 72 kilo world record. There's you know no question that that's the the best squat of this year so it was yeah 210 kilos at like 64.1 or whatever she weighed it was just uh ridiculous and then obviously rory mentioned that like three hours three hours ago she posts on instagram that she hits a 220 for her birthday or whatever and you're like what just is, is going on so like legitimately like she needs to go to the 69 kilo class and just like become squat 250 like <laughs> yeah, what, what's, right, what's I mean, possible like <laughs> Yeah. But I, I think she's actually posted on Instagram that she was like 65 and change when she did the 220. but regardless, who else do you guys think for this year? For I think female? she's actually still sick. Yeah. She's real close to 63. I don't think she has to, I,
2: I think she's comfortable with 63 kilo class. I don't know why she went 64, but I think there was a
1: story there, but I don't know. I, I, I would keep saying c- the numbers she's putting up in training. Just she can just do that in the meat. Like it's no big deal. Like yeah. why even bother cutting weight? If you can, You know, 210
3: at 72 would still be one of the best squats of the year. And she did it at like 64 point something, right? Like or
2: 69 as it were. But yeah, the thing is if she hit it, the only reason why I push for her to do it at 63 is because if she hits that at 63, it's going to be a long time for another 63 takes that. Before you leave, before you leave 63, check it in at 63, one of your biggest squats and just let that thing ride for Let's see how long it takes for another 63 to come along. You guys are right. She could go to 69 and, and fill it out. She said before she didn't want to go 69, and I think she's working hard to stay close to 63, but
3: we'll see. I mean, Gara has squatted 195 and comp at, at 63. So, like, mm-hmm. it's actually, like, 210, amazing, like, way ahead of
0: 195.
3: But, like, it's not going to be that long before someone else is, is in that range, right?
0: Yeah, yeah I hard. want to say she, she hit more in training, but I'm not sure if she maybe hit 200 or maybe she did like, you know, 190 double or something like that. But yeah, I think Gars has got potential to get into that 200, 200 plus she,
1: Yeah, she tried. She missed that her competition.
0: Yeah. Uh, but my pick basically also like Bill, I had already mentioned her before is I have to go with Amanda Lawrence just because she bumped up. Technically, she bumped up the the world record, like, you know, 13 kilos higher with that, that performance she did. And... When she hit that, that was the heaviest squat based on weight for the entire year until like the this past week or maybe two weeks ago. Amanda Martin in the USAPL meet to, to, to two sixty. So the highest squat is two sixty, and then Amanda there two fifty six in a lower weight class.
2: I'm having a hard time picking between Amanda and Leah when it comes to the squat.
1: You probably can't go wrong with either. So right. Yeah.
2: I think I would lean towards Leah just because the momentum there in terms of, and this is sometimes you're victim of your own success. Michael Jordan faced this in his prime. When you're always killing it, people expect you to hit certain numbers because you've been hitting those numbers or Leia is as of late hitting some numbers. It feels like every week you go to her Instagram, it's just, she's setting it ablaze on fire, right? Um, So I think the expectations She's gonna be a victim of her own success sooner or later, but I think the momentum on her, I was more excited to see what she did. Whereas when Amanda hit that squat, it's more along the lines of the expectations of what you would see. So I'll lean towards Leia, but you could not go wrong picking Amanda for that. And uh, fellas, what about, let's talk about the bench press.
3: What do you think? You and, uh, sorry. sorry? Or did you go Rory? I, I, was, I... I was gonna say Bill's lifter, uh, Joseph Amendola with his 265. Like
1: yeah, there's there's me, only man. one answer, so we can just skip this really quick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude. I mean, listen, dude hit 261 at 105. He hit 265 at 108. So in the 120 class, you know, he unofficially broke the world records in both weight classes. Like, yeah, yeah. No one else is even remotely close to that right now in those weight classes. Um, He's just a damn refrigerator for god's sakes i mean and he's not a one-trick pony either but regardless we're talking about the bench i mean it's you know his, his points are just by far and away better than you know anybody else um in the heavier weight classes for sure i mean obviously the you know the eddie berglins and the um uh what's his name arian from japan kodoma, um, kodoma, kodoma. yeah he did i mean those guys those guys are yeah, yeah. those he, guys are just a, a different kind of freak whatever um but yeah, as far as you're talking about the heavier weight guys, I mean, there's nothing better than Jake
0: for sure. And Jake Amendola.
1: Here I, it is. I,
2: go ahead, Aaron. You go. No, I was
0: going to say, I, I have to agree. Like at, at the Arnold, Jake comes out, and he's opening up with like, you know, 30 kilos over the world record. It's like something you don't see because usually you see people, you know, chip it on their third attempt. Or maybe if you're lucky, you know, you're chipping it on your opener. He's going, okay, oh, I'll go 30 kilos above it. And so now in two weight classes, he's done unofficially over the world records by, you know, 25 to 30 kilos. Um, it's just ridiculous. He didn't even have to fill out the 120s. So I agree with there on the raw side. For the equipped for your, you know, your two fans, the two equipped fans that watch your your podcast, throw in there, Blaine Sumner, again, 426 at the Arnold. Uh, I know they changed the rules on the bench shirts or just benching a, a few years ago, on how low you can touch. So it changes the equipped side a little bit. So they've been able to push the numbers higher, but just the fact that, you know, Lane can push those numbers year after year that no one else has been doing and be able to have the strength and everything like that. Um, So I had to put that in for the equip bench.
1: My only issue with that is it's like 30 kilos less than his PR. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's if you're going bench
0: only versus full power and.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Totally. No, 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 for sure. Um, I was just making a joke that he's actually legitimately benched a thousand pounds.
0: And I forget which uh, event it was where he lost it. And like, you know, the rogue safety doesn't come high enough and he's got a thousand pounds (laughs) sitting on his belly. uh, God,
2: so here's the thing here's a difficult thing for me. Kodoma at 40 and he's a master yeah 74 bench 226 that he's just shy of 500 pounds as 163 pound 74 master. It's real freaking tough for me to wrap or wrap my head around. however, you guys are right in terms of the horsepower Jake displays when he lays down on that bench and his arch is minimal. He's just a strong kid. You know, it's, it's something it's, it's a, it's, it's a rare when you're that far over the world record, it's difficult. Rory, could you split this on me and help me decide between Kodoma, a 40 year old Japanese man, 74 kilo body weight, bench pressing 226 pounds, almost 500 pounds, which is, he's a master. It's, it's ungodly, versus the horsepower of Jake, who
1: just. And my only issue it, is that the 226 is one kilo above his already world record. In terms of progress, but. Right, but he's also, he's getting, he's 40. So his progress yeah. isn't going to be the same as Jake. Like, what are you trying be, to say? We're not going to, I'm not going to make my gains next year when I'm 40, bro? <laughs> hey, man. don't make me do this. This is supposed to be nice. This is supposed to be, <laughs>
2: <It's> <laughs> the <laughs> holidays. What are you thinking, Rory? Like, if you have to weigh both of those.
3: I, I have to go with Amendola because like, it's, he's he's a full power lifter as well. And so like, he's, yeah, his bench is outstanding, but like, he he's not just benching. He's also doing other stuff and so like yeah both bench presses and a, and and this is talking about the like the most impressive bench press and i think it's more impressive to go in and hit 265 how much over the world record was that built?
1: uh end up being 13 kilos over dennis's record
3: right so 13 kilos over the world record from a three lift lifter um lifting a weight class up even right like he lifting it oh, yeah, yeah yeah he just so, he just
1: woke up and went to lift that day right for sure like that um, is mind-boggling. Yeah, but either of them, you can go. I mean, listen, you can't go wrong with either of them. They're both benching, you know, ridiculous numbers, and they're the you know best in the world at what they do. So, yeah, fair enough.
2: It is, it is, it is an interesting. You know, if I'm going to um, like I am completely open to either or, but I do love how Jake is. If if you put a gun to my head, and said who's got more horsepower in them? It's absolutely Jake. He approaches the bar like a madman, and he shifts it. Um, and you got a feeling <laughs> his bench is under far less. It's far less vulnerable, put it that way. A misgroove, et cetera, oh, yeah. Jake is going to be far less. It's just, when you have the horsepower, benching horsepower that Jake has, there's a lot less things that can go wrong. But when you have like that intricate setup and technical, like, like the Japanese were bench masters, but it's also far more vulnerable, like like a sumo lifter as well, we're at the top, you are far more vulnerable. But anyways, well done, fellas. Let's move on to the, be- or sorry, let's move on to the women's bench press. Um, what, do, what are we saying? Who wants to go
0: first? I'll go first since uh, no one wants to say a thing, but I have a, a, a few names in there for the Ross, for the Ross side. If you just want, you know, like just a impressive bench, a big bench, I'll have to go with uh, a lifter out of Midland, Caitlin Barry. She did a, a Midland uh, university meet um, there in Nebraska. And she benched 115 at 57 kilos and she just turned 18 this year. So for a sub junior to bench that, And she's closing in on Donna Berglund's world record. So who knows, maybe next year she'll be able to break it. I had to put that as, like, you know, just like a a powerlifting bench. But for people who don't like the monster arches, if you go watch the video, it's like, you know, max grip width and huge arch, barely moves. The other option would obviously be going with Jen Thompson. She chipped her American record again. I think she had a 143.5 in a 63 kilo class in her mid 40s coming back from her lower body injury or something like that. So for someone who, you know, just lays down flat got the long range emotions, just pure muscle she powers it up she continues to put weight on on the american record all the time I have to go with her and just to throw in another equipped because I keep throwing in uh the equipped options in there as well I have to go a rest stent because like what she's been doing with bench lately under Blaine, it's just she's just putting up monster numbers bumping up that equipped number uh meat after meat and she did I think it was like 225 or something like that this year fellas insane. I'm
2: I'll, I'll spitball this out here because I'm just I'm just building off of what you said, but Jen Thompson, who incidentally also off the top of my head would would be the comeback of the year as well. She's 47 years old. This is her second time facing major injury and coming back deep into her forties. At 47 years old for a woman to be bench pressing um, 143.5 is, it's insane the longevity she's had on old reliable being her bench press. It just won't go away. And she's pushing half a century old and she's just not fading. And I, I get it. Her injuries are lower body in terms of affecting your bench press, but we know when it comes to your hip and whatnot, you don't work, it's hard to work around that when you're setting up on a bench proper and creating tension and leg drive. It's not, I've had lower body injuries and, and, and it definitely will affect your bench press in terms of can you work a bench? Sure. Are you at the world level in terms of the best bencher in the world? Not a chance. I can't, I won't be at 100%, let alone doing something like this. So, I mean, even though the storyline with lower body injury doesn't seem as big, it is. And her total, incidentally, 478.5. I get it. Leah and Gara are just taking that 63 kilo total and running away with it. But that's still a phenomenal total. I mean, just a couple of years ago, that plays on any level. It still really does. It plays on it for a 47 year old, again, woman coming back from injury to do that. That's why she's my comeback story of the year. Unless there's someone that I'm not thinking of, which there might be. And I'm all ears if something pops up to you, fellas. But I like a good comeback story for Jen Thompson. How many more comebacks does she have? It feels like she just, <laughs> she's like David Ricks. You know, you can't keep her down. I hope this injury isn't ongoing because I know last time I had her on a podcast a few years back when she was talking about her comeback. It was 2018. She came back and won the three lift worlds. It was it was a career ending injury. Um, So I don't know if it's reoccurring or what's going on. I haven't touched base with her in private since then, but uh, she's still at it. And the bench, that sword is still holstered. Whoever wants to go to battle in terms of that bench press. So um, I'm a Jen Thompson stand for sure, admittedly. But she's my pick for the women's bench. Um, Does anybody else have someone different than Jen
1: Thompson? The only, I mean, Gara would be definitely. She finally hit the 137 and a half plateau or the you know she finally benched over 300 pounds so she's now Dude. six kilos away from Jen so you know she's you know incrementally coming boom 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 but again like you know we talked about JT was here and everyone else was here now all of a sudden the bench press gap is closing for sure but yeah it's definitely JT one and then Gara two in my mind for the benches mm-hmm. of the year and then uh Rhea like Arian said is by far the best female bencher for progression wise for the year i mean it's been insane yeah if jen didn't squeeze in that sorry right if jen didn't
2: squeeze in that competition it would have been garas jen squeezed it in december like that's a quick kid you you got the 63s world champion whatever you're not taking the bench this year. sorry where you go
1: ahead
3: my pick is JT as well, but I want to make an honorable mention for uh, Ishibashi Akane, the Japanese lifter. Um, like her technical proficiency is next level. Like her, her best bench is, is only, um, for those who are only listening, that's uh, inverted air com is only uh, one hundred twenty three point five at fifty seven, which you know doesn't hold water compared to JT's one forty three point five. But it's still amazing, and she's got like the six mil range of motion, and so like the technical proficiency is next level, and so like that's that's really
0: nice to watch. I think she has some videos on YouTube from a number of years ago where she like shows how she does her setup and everything, and she has like a video going over the like zero range of motion no, bench. Wrong, she, yeah. She, yeah, she shows She's her like a trick right where she can get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah, fellas. she was she was my next on the list for sure. Is okay. What are you guys thinking for the deadlift? Men's
2: and women's. First, we'll do men's.
0: For the men, the the one I could think of was uh Jesus Oliveras is that 400 kilo pull. He, he's a junior. That's more than what Ray's done because Ray's done 398.5. It's not the most anyone's done in the IPF raw. There's a couple guys that are like, you know, I think 410. And then I think like Mikhail Kokileov from years and years ago is like 417.5. But just looking at this year and seeing that he's a junior and, and how much more he probably has in him going forward, it, it's just crazy that he's already got 400 kilos. So I had to put him in there for the men.
3: I had a Ruska's three eighty three at one hundred five. Um, I mean, at one hundred five, like at ninety six kilos or ninety seven kilos or whatever that was at, um, like almost at four hundred kilos and way under one hundred five. Like
1: that's. So I'm gonna butcher this name, but is Asin Anaharo from Hungary? Okay, dude oh, hit yeah. three fifty at eighty three, and I think he's nineteen or twenty years old. Yeah, like. He's 20 like, it doesn't even make it's you know 20 kilos over the world record in that weight class I mean you know we go back and forth with um, you know a couple of the Americans looking at you know deadlift records here and there whatever but like this guy was just like and if you watch it it's so easy you're like what did I just like how is this even possible it has to be like misloaded so I mean that was by far for me like the, and I, probably on points too it's probably pretty damn close to the, the highest deadlift of the year but I mean that was just by far the most impressive because no one's even sniffed that before in that weight class not even sniffed it because I mean like you know Ruska at 105 I mean um Kristoff has, has been there done that kind of thing right I mean um with Jesus um you know Ray's done one and a half kilos less so it's not like out of the realm of possibility like you said but like this guy was just like like what just happened like this is insane but yeah so that was that was it for me for sure um i I actually also have Enaharo um, on there. Uh, I had
2: him on the podcast, and yeah, he. Oh, did you? He, yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, he's from Hungary. Uh, and, or, well, he's from Hungary now, and he was talking about how. I mean, I was discussing. He, he went about. I think it was nine and a half kilo over anything anyone, anyone ever done. Um, Angelo Fortino had it in the U.S. He took it from Yangsu Ren, and uh, I mean, it was it was just it was crazy what those fellows were doing, and we're thinking this is. This is like insane what the Americans are doing, and then and a horror from hu- out of like at the Hungarian nationals doing 350, which is far more than he needed to. I get it, it's an unofficial, anyways, but he just wanted that nice, smooth 350 mark, which just is insane yeah. to wrap your head around for an 83 kilo junior who, to Bill's point, is 20. I mean, we're talking 20 years old, but six months ago, you were a teenager it doesn't make sense i can't wrap my head around it and then um you know bill took the words out of my mouth when you watch the actual lift itself it looked like he had more which is the scariest part at 20 it looked like he had more so in four or five years what are we talking about <laughs> it's, it's it's insane so i mean uh, for me it's kind of like bill was saying in terms of the other lifts like uh, they're they're amazing but uh it's around what we've seen but they're amazing lifts but this one i did not i
1: honestly did not see coming when it happened i was like Plus, it's also cool when you like never heard of someone before and all of a sudden you're like, Yeah, what just happened? Right. Like, like, it adds like to it. this has to be fake. Where did this come from? Well, yeah so he messaged me and said, I'm going for the world record. And
2: I'm thinking, like, okay, like people do that as the king of lists, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. But um, when it happened, I was like, Oh my and he, but the thing is he took like 10 kilo more, which is yeah. like insane. He like he was <laughs> he wanted to make a statement. So
1: um, and he's 20. You know, so whatever it, it was, it was nuts for me. And just on the equip side, real quick, uh, Canadian Bryce hit a 400 kilo, um, deadlift at 120 kilos at CPU nationals. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, uh, practice. yeah, he's still, so what, obviously, is he 120 now? Yeah. Or one, yeah. Yeah. He's been a 120 for a couple of years, but, um, yeah, just hitting that 400 kilo total for him or 400 kilo deadlift
0: was, was pretty cool to see.
2: All right, fellas, let's go to the women.
0: I think, for me, I was gonna, For me, it was a, it was a toss up between uh, Joy and Amani did two thirteen point five, which is like eight and a half kilos over her own world record, and and Jess doing the two fifty, which is six kilos over uh, Kim's world record. So it's like, I mean, Joy's lighter and doing a uh, more over the world record, but just Jess being able to beat Kim's, who is like you know we were talking about how she's to go to the seventy two. She's one of the best. Raw as ever and delift is her lift for Jess to come out there and do 250 was a toss up for me. I couldn't decide between those two.
2: I, I thought I'll throw us out here. I, I was, we already know probably which way I'm, well, maybe not because I, no, because you already went against her last time. So, right. yeah, give it to us. Come on, bud. But this time, I 100%. I, in terms of what Jess did, you know, what she's doing in training is absolutely phenomenal, but she brings it to the platform. And that 250, there's a reason why ESPN was like, I, we got to post this. You know, the horsepower she has in her deadlift now, the belief I have in her deadlift. I mean, it's, it's, look, I'm not, I'm not saying this from a, a, a Jim Bro stance of con- well, like conventional because it's better, but in terms of old reliable, in terms of the reliability, when I see a conventional lifter go up towards a sumo lifter setting up the pole. I feel like the, the, if I think it's within the range, top end range of that conventional deadlifter, it's there more often because the intangibles are less in terms, you know, you could be a, a little off grind it out and you'll be okay. Sumo. There's a lot more variables, Jess's horsepower. The belief I have with her, with her chosen weapon to win is that deadlift for sure. It's just like Kimberly, her predecessor where Kimberly really relied on that deadlift to pull it out. Um, Jess is a phenomenal, well-rounded. I mean, she could get her bench up, whatever it is, What it is is. got a phenomenal squat. But that deadlift, anybody facing her at the international level, if you need to take this away from Jess, she's probably going to pull last, and she's probably going to have the winning deadlift in her hands. And she's a conventional deadlifter, just like Kim before at the 72s. I think in the 76s, she's probably going to hit it. And it's that... Demoralizing factor that Jess brings with that deadlift. That for me, it tips it in her favor now, and I think she's going to be a real tough one to beat. What are your thoughts, gentlemen?
3: What do you got, Rory? Uh, I mean, everyone knows I'm a massive uh, Jessica Butner stand, so I, I'm going with the 250 as well. And I think the thing that tips it over Joy Amami's uh, deadlift is that. Um, Jessica also went over the world record total. And uh, whereas other people totaled more, or one other person totaled more than Joy and mommy this year. Um, and so I think that sort of tipped the scales towards Jessica for me as well.
1: Yeah, it's definitely Joy. I mean, it was, she was eight plus kilo. <laughs> like, you no, just flipped like, off what we said. And you're like, sure. so you no, guys it's are assholes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, she was eight kilos over the world record where Jess was only six. And Joy wasn't even in her weight class. She went up a weight class. Just to break the world record again um and again this we're talking about deadlift not total so who gives a rat's ass maybe well, think, maybe maybe life. next
0: maybe next year joy throws on a belt you know goes up another five or ten kilos and pleases, yeah. and pleases <laughs> these boys
2: the thing is i talked to joy she's been a 57 for a little bit now like this is her new weight class by the way i don't know if this was during, during covid
1: everyone a... gained a weight class i thought that yeah. little... <laughs> oh,
2: before that she was a 57 year old <laughs> oh. champ bombshell of the year she's going for these sevens
1: <laughs> yeah i mean if, if anything amanda's was better than jessica's because she was like seven and a half kilos over okay. where jessica was only six kilos over so uh, if i want going to go friends at the end of this i want to so be friends i got just number three to be <laughs> honest with you stop i want to be friends at the end of this. you made your point okay so yeah. <laughs> yeah no but i mean i think joy just the fact that she's it's a different weight class for her um you know it was a it was a the the different factors so if Jess went up to 84s or whatever and broke that record then you know again you're talking about a different thing right with with Leah before bumping up to the 72s and basically hitting that record unofficially world record for the squad is you know insane does it make does it does it change your mind that Joy had moved up to
2: 57 last year and won at an international level one euros as a 57 like does that change your mind if if you found out she was a fifty seven? Well, no, because she does
1: that. She does that in the offseason. She does one competition a year at fifty two, and that's worlds, and she wins that, and then she goes to the fifty seven euros. That's pretty standard for her for the last couple of years, I believe. Yeah. She, so. She's committed now, but yeah, I, but mean, I mean, look, Jess, it's okay. Was well, this, well, this it matter for me because Jess does all her provincials and stuff like that at eighty four, and then only does you know nationals at seventy two, and then worlds at eighty two or seventy two, same well, thing. Going down yeah, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. I mean, all right,
2: whatever. I think you're wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> We're not gonna get anywhere. We're stuck at dead even though. We're stuck at two, two, though. I was hoping for a no, tie. No, mine
1: was since mine was a definitely you guys are wrong. That means we got three to two.
2: You might have to make an
1: Instagram poll. <laughs> Just kidding. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair I mean, we can have a tie for sure. That's all good. Beautiful, fellas. Uh so we got all the three
2: lives here. Let's take a look at how about the breakthrough stars. We'll do a breakthrough stars and then we'll look at the future people to watch for, um, 2021 in terms of a breakthrough star for myself. And when I'm thinking breakthrough star, I'm thinking, I mean, it, uh, there's no right and wrong for this. So don't worry if your pick isn't exactly along these lines, but the reason why I chose this, this person in 2019, wasn't really on it on very many people's radar outside of his own camp. Um, mm-hmm. He, he might have shown potential, but this year is the year he's actually realizing his potential, and everybody else is on the hype train. When he hit what he hit in the same week, the man appeared on four different podcasts, and every he's the hottest. He's the hottest guy going right now. Jesus Olivares, um Bane himself, hitting hitting ten fifty five point five. And it's the biggest total in any IPF affiliate throughout the throughout the entire world, not just USAPL. Um, the kid's 21 years old and it's absolutely insane the progress he's making. At 21, for him to hit 1055.5, he added, I believe just shy of 70 kilo on his total, somewhere around there from he had lifted in June. The progress he made in 2020 is staggering. Now he's 21. So this type of progress you make at 21, there's no reason to believe he might slow down a little bit. It's not gonna be a full break stop right now. It's not like he's plateaued at 21 and it's just gonna be adding chips onto his onto his total here. And when we think about percentages, when you're already at 1055, it doesn't take a big percentage to jump into the 11, um, 1100 pound range. So our kilo range, sorry. So Jesus Olivares for me, Really jumped on everybody's radar. I know initially, I mean, I'm sure Joey Flex and those fellows were pretty hype on in 2019, but he's actualizing this and turning it into reality if now everybody is talking about him. We had the other podcast, the guys in The Untested are talking about that kid Jesus Oliveras, Dan Bell, who is the untested world record holder in sleeves and was raps until a couple of weeks ago, was also like, holy shit, who's this kid? he's actually looking at my records now. And at 21, Dan's in his 30s. Is like, I might have to actually worry about him taking my records. So it's exciting to have a super heavyweight. And it's been a long, long time since anybody could come around and say, hey, Ray, well, I mean, we had Jezza. But uh, be like, Ray, we can rumble. And, and you actually believe it. So um, here's this all of errors for myself. If I got to pick a breakthrough star, what do you fellas think?
1: Here you go, Bill. Yeah. For me, I mean, one just happened recently. Um, I mean, he's a junior world champion, but a uh, Connor Borkett Borkert um, 860 total at 93 kilos. Um, you know, it's above the world record total. Um, and he, I think this is his last meet as a junior. Um, Cause I believe he's going to be 24 next year, but um, yeah, just, I mean, again, you know, he, I think he did like eight twenty ish, maybe at, the Arnold which is you know solid so you know another you know, 40 kilos on his total but just now all of a sudden he's a legitimate contender for the open you know what I'm saying and obviously you know I know Anatoly has done a bigger total than him at um, a d- different meet but like you know one of the top three um, 93 kilo totals for the year for someone that probably no one really knows so I think that's that's pretty solid I would say
2: that's actually one of my people to watch for 2021 based off of everything you just said. And the fact that he is, um, he is that young, it's same spiel with a lot of these people, actually, when you're at that age, the rate of adaptation and progress is phenomenal and they can surprise you. So yeah. Good pick. What are you thinking? Rory, you want to go next?
3: yeah i've got um i've got evie corrigan as my as my breakthrough so like obviously evie's been to internationals a couple of times um she she won a junior worlds a couple of years ago but you know winning a junior worlds and then being a contender in the open are like quite different things right so last year she came second in the so 2019 world she came second in the junior 57 kilo class uh, with a 420.5 total this year new zealand national so national level not, not some sort of backyard meet she totaled 464.5 which is over the 57 kilo world record in her first year as an open and actually upper weight class she was 52 sort of like 18 months prior to that mm-hmm. um with a like i want to say it was like a 168 squat, a 96.5 kilo bench and then a, a, a for her first 200 kilo deadlift um so like adding 40 she's gone and added 44 kilos on top of like an already very good total a year ago and i think it's just moved her from like like, you know, elite to absolutely world-class. And so, like, that's that's my pick for the uh,
0: breakthrough of the year.
2: Solid. Nice pick, sir. Nice, solid pick. How about you, Arian?
0: I, I had men and women, and, and Rory jumped straight to the women. But for the men's side, funny enough, Bill picked my pick, Connor Borker. And so when I was thinking about breakthrough, it's like the breakthrough from the junior division into being a contender in the Open. And so this was his last year as a junior. He missed out on that. But he was able to put like about 5% on his total, like Bill said, about 40 something kilos. And it would have been the world record bench press in the juniors and it would have been the world record total in the open and juniors because uh Anatoly, I think, has 853.5 and he did 860. So all of a sudden people were like, you know, maybe a year or two thought Keiko was gonna be like, you know, the guy in the 93s for USA, and then he's gonna have to go battle worlds. And now it's like, okay, is Ashley gonna come down? Is Connor now gonna be a contender? There's some other 93s coming up. So I think he was like the breakthrough, just how he progressed this year from the two meets that he did and going into the open. And then for the women's side, actually, for the junior into the open, uh, Rory took it. I had Evie because, you know, she won 2018 uh, junior worlds in the 52s. She puts on 10% on her total. She gets second place in the 57s in 2019. And then puts another 10% on her total going into 2020. And now all of a sudden the open, she's only like 13 kilos behind Maria. And uh, Mick Scalen just had her kids, so she might be out of it a little bit for a while. So now all of a sudden, Evie's up there as a contender in, in the Open. So I had that as my two junior breakouts in the Open. The only other person I can think of putting in there as maybe they would have had a breakout if we actually had a, a, a regular year this year is Jess. Because I think if we actually had Worlds, who knows, she might have been the dethroned Kim and she would have been the World Champ. So that yeah. would have been her breakout year.
2: I know you mean like, People would people would say like Jess is already a star in terms of breakthrough star. But when you're talking about she had the potential of taking it from like uh, where she's at now, which is like, you know, she's, she's won two time world champion in the juniors. But if she got her hands on a world title, you know, I mean, she's it, to add to a year that she's already had in terms of that massive 72 kilo total ESPN sharing her deadlift. And then she goes on and breaks the world's, it's tough in terms of exposure. Who had the mainstream exposure? Throw a world title onto it. It would people would argue. Well, she was already popular. Yeah, she's taken it to fucking ESPN in the world title though. Yeah, the Olympic Channel and like it becomes like there's popular and then there's breaking into mainstream. Like holy smokes, she's in freaking like yeah, like she. she it would it would have took it to another level. I agree.
0: Yeah, it's like the same thing with uh with Maria T. I mean, she was winning nationals all the time. She was going to Arnold, going to World, placing well, breaking records, and everything like that. And sure, she's got the social media followers and stuff like that. But the break the breakthrough would be the accomplishment. Same yeah. thing for Jess. It would be the accomplishment of the Open World Champion and being the person who dethroned Kim. And so she, I, I thought, like that would have been her her opportunity this year because she was so close last year.
2: Well, I mean, look at five sixty two point five would have been an absolute. <laughs> problem to deal with for damn near everybody (laughs) um so yeah for sure
1: i did have a female too um yeah yeah. andrea Riley from the usa 52 kilo she totaled 422 and a half this year which is like 10 kilos under joy's world record total
0: um apparently joy's going 57
1: yeah so i mean but uh as far as her and marisa inda it could be a real battle for sure for the uh 52 title at nationals this year if it happens which would be cool
3: yeah mail. I, I had a male as well
1: okay.
3: um I had, I had austin perkins uh so austin perkins was you know very good 74 sort of you know there's the there's taylor and then there's sort of a cluster behind taylor of 74s who are sort of all in the mix to, to be runner-up and with his 800 i think that's pushed him from you know fighting to be at the front of that pack that second pack I think that's pushed him up to like be in the position where he could be the person to dethrone Taylor. I I 100%
2: think you're right. Look at, if we're completely honest for a long time, people loved the 74s, but it was more, you had your established King and the other guys would scrap it out. They're so close. And I mean, from number two to number 10, they were all, like very close, like any you could shake it up, so you'll see tons of battles shifting turns of tides. And like, obviously, we have our characters, um, you know, you know, Ricky Cho being the villain, Perkins being like the flashy, you know, good looking kid, Michael C being the strong, silent type, and then you got like throwing guys like Gage in there, and you have like the 74s have so many different type of characters. Um, but to your point, previously. It was viewed as a little bit of Taylor's show, and they were going to shake the, most of the battles hung underneath Taylor. It was for silver. It was for bronze. It was fighting for a possible second spot. Whereas now, if we're completely honest, as good as eight twelve was with Taylor, and it was phenomenal. Um, Perkins is no longer an also ran in terms of when you're picking. That someone's like you know what, Taylor's twenty one. Or sorry, uh, Austin's 21, Taylor's 31. I think in 20, 2021, I see Austin making more gains than Taylor. No one would be like, you're crazy to say that. Now, someone said, I think the gains are enough to close the gap of 12 kilo. 12 kilo was an insane gap to begin with. If the rate of adaptation is 10 years quicker like that, it wouldn't be crazy for someone to say, I think I'm going to pick Austin Perkins. And that's just 2019 would have been extremely bold to say. So no, I think you're absolutely right. In terms of leveling up, not many people in all power leveled up like Austin leveled up with that performance. And it should be noted at 21, he crossed the 800 kilo barrier. As a junior crossing the 800 kilo barrier, beat that for a record. You got guys in the open who I don't know when the next time it's going to happen, but as a junior to cross the 800 kilo barrier, that's going to be tough.
1: Michael C. isn't going to be a junior. We keep, right saying, we keep saying that, but then, like, I, fair. Yeah, you know, this shit just, it all sounds like, you're like, oh my God, an 83 hit 800 kilos was like four years ago or yeah. whatever. And now it's not like, even What 74 juniors going to do it next. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we keep talking about this stuff and it's just like, okay, you know, we can't, we can't really doubt it anymore. <laughs> look at Borker.
2: He just appeared out of nowhere when we were like Keiko. Holy smokes, who's going to defend against Peiko, Keiko? uh domestically well, yeah, I mean, in the U.S. And
1: now Borker comes out and he's like, "Yeah, look at the games I'm making." Right, Danny Mello. She, oh, she's never going to get beaten. This, you know, she's going to reign supreme for years upon years upon years. And then, you know, it just, you know, it, it's this is the funny sport this way. A little injury here, a new person here, blah 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 blah. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, we have another battle. Cool. Yeah, that's what's great about this sport.
2: Right, records fall quick, don't they? That's why, be first if you're gonna cross a barrier. <laughs> be first, fellas. Um, let's do. take a look. Is there any other of these categories? I'm just taking
1: a look here. Did you want to See, go you into, into the a re- our Did you 2020, want to, go to the prospects from this? Or that's or right. To, yeah. Do you want I, to go for of that? Or do you want to go to like come back of the year and stuff like that? Or? You know what,
2: let's do the prospects because it somewhat is, for me, this, you, yeah. you gentlemen had said, like like the Bork Borkert is yeah. one of my prospects um, um, for all the reasons you guys had said, hang on here, I got, uh... so I, 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 I think Jessica Bittner, surprise, surprise in 76, watch out in terms of the new weight class of 76, if we're looking at anybody there, I think she's the lady to beat. Um, obviously, Danielle Lamedo would raise her hand and say, hang on a second. I've also done, you know, Brooklyn world records in another weight class and I'm shifting another weight class into, but Jessica Bittner, what well, she did at 72 kilo and her weight cut story to make that 72 Canadian nationals was phenomenal. Her not depleted like she was and she kills herself to make it as a 76. I think it puts her as the person to watch for myself in terms of possibility for a new world champion. Someone who's going to take a new world title, not just a new world title, but possibly create and this is tough because it's powerlifting but if you're ever going to see the beginning of a dynasty forming and it, we're ways off okay I'll, I'll temper my excitement but jessica bittner looks gold in terms of 76 kilo class so i got my eyes over there i can't think of you know there's a thread of daniela Mello, but i gotta see what she looks like when she cuts that weight leah bavua at 63 i think we're i'm so excited to see what she's going to put together in 2000 or in 2021 because you know, we had, we had it here and there at 64 kilo. She could take that extra kilo off the progress she made and what she's doing in the, in the training, what she's going to do in 63, I think is going to start blowing people away. I'm not counting out Gara by any means, but I'm extremely excited to see what Leah does. And then obviously we already said Connor as a 93 with an 860 kilo total, the kids, 22 years old, a junior world champion. And at 22, he's got tons of progress left. So as a 93s in, t- in 2021, he's somebody to watch for me. So those are my three off the top of my head. Fellas,
1: what do your scouting say? Are we talking, I'm confused. So you think like who we're picking, who is gonna win world championships? No, like- it's just two to watch. It could be a prospect that no one knows. It could be
2: watch this person because there's a story there. Gotcha. It's just okay. like the breakthrough star, like Arian said, Jessica for a breakthrough star. She's yeah, already yeah. a star, but gotcha. leveling up. So it, it's, I mean, open. I, uh, it's
1: open. So I think obviously, you know, just mentioning Rondell Hunt real quick, just because he's never competed on the open level at the internationals before. So some people might not actually know who he is, except for just an Instagram dude, whatever. But you know, former junior world champion, I think obviously he's someone to keep an eye on um another one i thought was interesting was um amanda martin uh usa lifter she's a super heavyweight uh she just missed out on Bonica's squat american record so she um if you watch the record she just kind of like lost her balance at the end a little bit 273 and a half i think it was yeah. but um but she put up like a you know a very solid like what the 617 total somewhere around there um so i think that she could be a force to reckon with in a little bit. I mean, um, you know, we haven't seen Bonica in a while since probably national. So we haven't seen her compete since last October, you know, so 14 months ago, I assume she's getting stronger. I assume she's training. I don't know that for sure, but um, yeah, just someone that I think that can really put a excitement into an already exciting super heavyweight class because we have, you know, her, and Sarah, and uh, Mihala and then obviously Bonica. So it could be a four-headed monster there, which would be pretty cool.
2: My friend, Martin, that um, just over a 600-pound squat, she had it done, <laughs> and that envelope was home and opening it up, like it was right there. And um, the hay was in the barn, as they say. All the hard work was done. She, was, she squatted it and just at the top a little wobble. And it's like, oh, it was locked out. Like that thing was, it was as close to a squat and not getting it as you'll get. If that happened in the gym, you wouldn't even think twice. And you'd be like, oh my God, I, I got that. You wouldn't think twice. No one would say right. nothing, but in comp, you know, you can't have any wobble, misstep. You can't do a little step forward, whatever, before the squat, <laughs> before the rack command or what. There's no such thing as a rack commanded. I mean, there is in the gym here and there, but if you had no rack command, you wouldn't even think about it in the gym. That's how close it was. And 100%, if she would have hit that, listen, it's, it's, it's we're talking what ifs, but if she would have hit that squat, she would have been in, we could have been talking about, is it the squat of the year for the women's because she squatted over 600 pounds. How often do you see a 600 pound plus squat in the women's division? It's, one it's, <laughs> exactly it. will that year. Yeah. So, so no, in ever, 2020, ever, one <laughs> ever? did Bonica not do it? That's same, it yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. One okay. Ever, yeah. Sorry. So I was saying if she would have hit it, she would have joined. Yeah. But it would have been, oh, she would have been the only one in 2020. So for, yeah, for squad sure, of right. the year, for squad of the year, it, that might've been it. Like it's, it is what it is. I don't want to dwell on yeah, it. Yeah. I'm sure she's already relived it a million times in her head, but uh, yeah, man, she's definitely somebody to watch and 25 years old, too. Young. Yeah. yeah.
0: For for my prospect, I try to go, like, you know, one level below what we went through, like, with the breakthroughs. Because, like, you know, those people are already yeah. accomplished. Whether it's Jess, Evie, Connor, uh, Rondell, they've already accomplished some stuff. They may have gone to Worlds, all that kind of stuff. So, like, okay, well, who are the people that are, like, maybe one level below that haven't accomplished anything, but they might be the next breakthrough. And so the name I have is Gavin Aiden. So he turned 22 this year so he has the junior year for ipf next year he's 93 kilo lifter last year in the junior 93s at nationals he got sixth place and then this year he was able to put up an 830 kilo total in a 93 junior so you know he's already he's already where connor was this year beginning this year end of last year he's already at that level and then maybe a little bit further so who knows next year he might be in that 850 860 70 he might be able to go to world's and he might be able to be breaking the, the junior world record total.
2: It's insane because like 2018, which isn't, that's two years ago, 820, 193s. like, it's 820. And these kids now, a person to watch who might make it is hitting 830. Like, this is insane to think, <laughs> like, you know, and this is two years. Uh, but anyways, what do you think in
3: there, Rory? I've uh, I've taken a kind of even a couple of steps back from what Arian's gone with, and I've picked some lifters who are really new in their career. So both the lifters that I'm that I'm going to talk about, uh, it's been their first competitive year, um, and and like I think that they're people who five years from now are going to be doing oh, insane wow. things. We got to spread.
2: It's good. We're covering our bases, gentlemen.
3: That uh, other good thing about that is Bill can't tell me that I'm wrong when I'm uh, looking that far ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first. <laughs>
1: No, I know yeah, this eighth one. grader, bro, in that weight class. You're absolutely <laughs> wrong.
3: Uh, so, first one I'm going to go with is a guy named Dylan Carroll, who's at 93 kilo... Oh, no kilo... way. No way. Sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry,
3: sorry. He's, a, he's a junior. He's just turned 19. So, it's his first year as a junior. He's uh total about 700 kilos at 93. He uh, benched 205 kilos in the, in the gym the other day. It was a little iffy. It was a gym bench, but uh, it's also... I can't remember what the uh, 93 kilo bench record is for the juniors at the moment, but that's definitely well over it. Uh, Ryan, I think you reposted it at the time. Yeah, um, dude, squatting and the, uh, you know, what I, I think I saw him squat 250 for a triple the other day, which you know, for the full-grown 93s is is a little bit blasé. But this kid is 19, first year in the gym. He's only about 90 kilos. He's eating right. He's sleeping right. Um, I think five years from now he's going to be a be a weapon. Um, The other one is is Zoe Perkins, who is a 63 kilo. She was a sub junior this year. Uh, I think she graduated high school about a week ago. Um, So she's, she's real young. It's her first year competing as well. She totaled 370 at 63 and 17 years old. And she's super well-rounded. Like, you know, she squatted. I want to say she squatted like 150 or 160. She benched like 80 kilos as a 63 kilo, 17 year old. um, And as you know, deadlifted 160, 170, something like that. And so like, it's gonna be her first year going into junior next year i think um and so like it'll take her a year or two to grow into the juniors but she is she's gonna be a force in another two or three years
1: bingo bingo we got a spread here gentlemen um I real quick i had one more um just for you know another young person uh, natalie richards from the us 57 kilo lifter um she's done like three competitions uh first competition was november 2019 350 total and then december this year was 440 total at 21 years old so i mean 90 kilos in a year basically for a 57 kilo female um, is pretty ridiculous so i mean if she can keep you know training well and whatever she's doing doing i mean she's going to be um atop that podium really soon in the u.s if not the world for sure
2: yeah in, in the um, in terms of the juniors man like i'm I see these faces when I'm doing king lifts like Sean Mails, Aiden Roder. Some of these teens and 20-year-olds are just absolutely lighting it up with some lifts that like just a couple of years ago would be at worlds and and be like placing grabbing medals in individual events. So I mean it's hard to call in terms of like future stars. It's it's tough, man. To who will you could you could judge on prospective, but in terms of who's gonna break through, it's it's a tough call because people yeah, emerge sure. out of nowhere. But uh, yeah, good call. So how about You guys already know I said it in the last episode uh, when I mixed up my my categories. But um, in terms of 2020, we're saving saving the negative for last. Some disappointments we had looking back. Now for me, um, I was disappointed, obviously, in cancellation of the SPD, uh, you know, Sheffield competition. Um, In terms of what I, I had thought, like Michael C was my guy going into 2020. I think 2021 he is going to hit 800 kilo, um, uh, but you know, bombing out. And then 70 75 is a phenomenal total to hit in the 74 kilo class. But he went five for nine. If we can get Michael C to go eight for nine, nine for nine ish, I would be shocked if he doesn't hit 800 kilo myself. I'm a Michael C believer. But uh, so for myself, um, I was shocked he didn't, but I think he's going to. I think, uh, I think the IPF Junior World Champion from 2019 is going to be the next man across 800 kilo. Um, I also, just taking a look at this here, uh, yeah, pretty much rounds it out because I already talked about, and I would have wanted to see, oh, another one. Jamar Royster, I thought for sure would have squatted 700 pounds by now and made it official for the 83 kilo class. Listen, talking about barriers and talking about milestones, for the 83s, the 700-pound squat being official, I thought was going to fall so long ago because we got so many guys who are capable. Jamar Roycer squats over 700. I've never, you know, in terms of seeing somebody capable, it's like, oh my gosh, I know he could do it. I know he can. And uh, to close out 2020 without him squatting it is is a little shocking for me. It's in the tank and it's ready to go. It's just that missile's got to get launched. And we got to close the show because somebody in the 83s has to squat 700 pounds. And um, I think Jamar Royster, if you put a gun to my head and said, you're going to take all the 83s and they're going to keep squatting until someone bows out. I would say Jamar, I put my money on Jamar Royster, but it's just not coming together on the platform. And COVID really messed up the scheduling. And um, so I was a little disappointed. I didn't get to see the 700 pound squat fall. And I thought it was going to be Jamar, if I'm honest, but uh, it's what it is. Maybe we see it in 2021 fellas, what were you disappointed in seeing
1: or not seeing Yeah, really just, I mean, obviously, you know, health is the most important thing, but just the lack of our quote unquote stars in this sport competing this year. I mean, no Ray, no Dennis, no, you know, Bonica. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, no Charles, no Keiko, no Bryce, no Maria. Uh, no Danny no Castellane no Anatoly no Jezza no Rondell no Brett I mean Jesus way, people, yeah go down the line I'm sure there's you know no Gustav I mean, there's people I'm missing oh all over God. the place but like you know just guys that just didn't compete this year they just trained in their home gyms or their gyms or whatever it was and like you know that's it that's all there was um, so that was disappointing obviously um, just to see the lack of that and like to be honest like for the American standpoint like we possibly have nationals coming up next year at some point. I'm assuming it's going to be in the summertime before worlds in you know September, October. So like, are we gonna extend like our qualifying totals to 2019 or something? Because like, if not, then like Ray Williams has to compete in the next couple of weeks so he can have a proper peaking cycle to hit, you know, June, July, August, whenever nationals is going to be kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, you know, guys, you know, trying to tell guys they have to cut weight twice or something like that. Like, so that's kind of disappointing that those guys didn't compete. And it'd be even more disappointing if they have to actually rush a competition to make weight, hit a decent enough total to hit a prime time slot to then, you know, compete at nationals kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, risking injury, blah, 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 whatever. So I kind of think that's a, that was a bummer for the year for sure.
2: Logistically, it's a nightmare right now, and yeah. and and you, you're no either way you do this, people are going to be upset. Right yeah. now, being a policymaker with the USAPL and all the other national oh, yeah, f- fair it's, fair. it's tough times <laughs> all around. Anything. It is no matter what you're going to be you're going to be taking some heat. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it, and then you're just hoping that US Raw Nationals rolls around because if not. And the world still happens. What are you talking about
1: then? Uh, well, I mean, well, they, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've already said. I mean, for for the U.S. standpoint at least, they've already kind of said like we'll take the team from last year. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, they've already put that on their website. So I mean, which that will be seems two years be, old by the time it rolls around, which is weird. Right. But also if, the the most the most recent national champs basically. <laughs> it's so weird. This is almost like a freaking movie when it's like. Seven years
2: past the pandemic ends, you're like, You were the last national champ we had, son. And you're like, Son, I haven't lifted in four years. I have right. a wife and kids, and I guess I'll dust off the old jacket Robert Keller gave me and, and we're <laughs> rocking and rolling.
3: And, and then we get just, the uh Rocky training montage, right? That's like, you know, it's right. Black and white. There's, like I have a tiger playing, there's like. Some that's
1: it's like, I the got beer, three, yeah.
2: they're, they're like, Arian gives, you, gives them the phone call. You got three weeks. You got three <laughs> weeks and we're flying to Russia. And it's like the <laughs> montage starts. It, it's going to be either a, a shit show or a phenomenal movie. Yeah, who knows, man? Um, but it would be absolutely wild we're in 2021 and you're taking the US 2019 champions from like yeah. years ago. <laughs> Whoa, was that a big day? Um, who, who wants to go next?
0: Sure, I'll go. I had uh, two things listed. Uh, One is a person, just like you said, what Michael was kind of a disappointment. I would say Richard, the villain show was a little bit of a disappointment and not even like just from uh, people that hate on him, but just for like, you know, if you're a fan of Powell thing and you want to see more competition at 74s, you were hoping that these other guys would be up there with Austin Taylor to see more competition. So like, you know, Richard, you know, talking smack online, saying he's going to be the first one to do 800 kilos. Then he's like, no, I'm going up to 83 kilo class. Everyone's like, oh, it all that smack talk. Then he's like, no, I'm joking. I'm going to 74s. And then what well, do you know? There's a meet. Um, I'm pretty sure like we, Bill mentioned that he's from Virginia. So it's a local meet for him. He doesn't make weight. And then they choose not to come in and lift in the 83s at whatever weight he is for safety reasons. But like if you had made the 74s, would you have then competed? Even though it's like, you know, you did a harder cut. So it was just like a disappointment of him not being able to put any kind of performance together to see where he'd stack up with the other seventy fours, And then the other disappointment was just like that whole situation with the, the Arnold world Records that they, you know, they announced all these are world records. They posted on IPF Instagram or like that. And they said, Oh no, they're not world records and took them all away. And I mean, the, the German water lab came and did the drug testing. You had the IPF uh, secretary, there, other IPF referees and, and committee chairman all there. Um, if there was some kind of rule that was not followed, then you shouldn't punish the lifters. You just find the, the country. Find them a thousand euros, two thousand euros, whatever you want. Find them a thousand euros per world record broken if you want to, but punish the officials who ran the meet and did things improperly and not all those lifters that missed out on the world records and they're out of the record book. Because I mean, from a from a standpoint of a sport, you want those records to be as high as possible to like show off like, oh, someone did a 515 kilo squat. Not oh well, someone did a five fifteen, but then we took the world record away, so it's just the American record, and it just it just uh, a little bit of disappointment. And they're still like you I, you said in the previous episode, they're still fighting over that, so we'll see what happens.
2: Are they still fighting over that?
0: Yeah, by last I heard, I mean USAPL taking it to the court of arbitration of sport, which is like the highest level of sports to figure out issues.
1: And do you the interesting know- thing too is that Arian and I both had an athlete that broke a world record at that meet, you know world record
2: (laughs) (laughs) so you guys got invested interest in that yeah no kidding i mean um look that's tough man especially when you tell somebody it's a world record you just made history and um you know to have someone live it and then take it away is tough you know right through uh, through an email a couple
1: days later
0: (laughs) and and then and then right after that you have the the pandemic so no one has a chance but you thought okay we'll just do it in you know north americans we'll just do it at worlds and then they get taken away and it's like what if, like one of those lifters, like you know, got injured and never lifted again, and and never that record would never be there. And now the world record is like you know, thirty kilos less because that person never got it.
2: Well, look at Angelo Fortino. Um, I believe it was the was the Arnold Classic that he did uh, his the world record for eighty three kilo, or is was it the uh, you know what? Because either way, the point is, I know Angelo Fortino was the last record holder unofficially. Um, and then afterwards, um, you know, obviously we had said about you Naharo know, taking it to 350, adding 10 kilo on top of it real quick. And um now 10 kilo when you're talking about that many kilo already to begin with, it's not out of the round by any means, but it's a big, a lot more of an ask. Whereas if you're the individual who breaks the world record, just look at the the way sports is it isn't just oh don't worry you'll do it again in six months that's not how the sports especially not how powerlifting works records fall and they get taken for a ride you know anybody can come out of anywhere a kid comes out of Hungary, 20 years old and he has no previous anything elite on the docket if you look at his resume and takes a record and starts running with it it's like well Anybody tell me, well, don't worry, we come back in a few months when it's and we make it official. It doesn't actually work like that. That's not that's not any sport, but powerlifting in general is just so hard for people coming out of nowhere records fall all the time. So to your point, for a lot of these people, you know, look, Ashton is probably never going back to 93. Ever. That was it. That was a swong song at 93. He was never going to win worlds, but he could add a world record. There's always this, there's a million stories that. Could have been told there that I got taken away. So we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, it's disappointing, especially for the individual lifters. And you're right; it doesn't look great on sport to have records on and then expunged, and then uh, you know the PR nightmare afterwards, where people are upset and it becomes somewhat controversial.
0: Yeah, the, and then the nightmare of the timing of when they make the decision, because what if the decision after international meets happen next year, and other people break the world record, the lower record? Then how do you fit? those records in timing wise and everything so this becomes a whole mess
2: things got a little bit messy yep and i also all agree too. uh talking about ricky cho i would have loved to see ricky he didn't so he didn't end up competing right or am i wrong about that
0: yeah he didn't compete
2: so didn't yeah know? i mean walking into 2020 yeah freak man those were the big four right i wanted to see all of them even look at michael c didn't live up to his potential and and i think when I I think he's got eight hundred in, but seven seven five is freaking phenomenal. That that wins worlds, you know, damn near damn near any year. Um, you know, you zero route. too.
1: What's that sorry? It's better than Ricky's zero also. So
2: well, I, <laughs> so so it, it uh so in terms of Michael C, you know, he didn't get to showcase his one hundred, but uh, but he put seven seven five, whereas it would like ricky and i mean there's a, a bunch of other guys that bill had mentioned as well that didn't make it um you know didn't make it onto the platform this year in terms of a sport is strong when its stars are putting on performances can you imagine the nba playing and 50 percent of their stars never play a game it's tough for everything to move forward now, i had mentioned king of Lifts still had good progress but you know it's tougher, man. It's tougher for us to gain new people when the excitement's not there. It's tougher for all media outlets.
1: Uh, so, yeah, we felt the hit right there. And um, was, real quick, I think it's kind of funny though, that you're like, I've just looked it up, that you're like bagging on Michael for 775 total is a 42 and a half kilo PR total for him. But <laughs> hang, on a second. hang on a second, love. No, no. I wasn't I, bagging on him. The, the hang on a second, That's for sure. I'm with you on that. Totally. Hang on a second,
2: love. No, I'm saying it. <laughs> I think I think he is. I think he's the next eighty eighty hundred kilo guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I, he's I, I phenomenal.
1: Know. Yeah, for but, sure. But I'm uh, yeah, I'm just messing with you.
2: But yeah, totally. uh,
1: no, that's not like you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: how, about, how about you, Rory? In a year of getting kicked in the pants here and there, was a couple that stung a little harder.
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, the whole year was sort of generally a disappointment for a lot of reasons. But there was two, two standouts. Um, first one was Sheffield. Um, like, I was, I was going to go. I was going to be sick. I was going to be the first first event of its kind. Um, it was, you know, SBD was doing all of the right things with the lead up to it. Like the the video interviews that they were doing with those athletes were amazing. Like the hype for it was amazing, and it ended up being cancelled like 12, twelve days, like fourteen days before it was supposed to go ahead. And so that was. That was tough. Um, and I was really looking forward to seeing uh, Ray Williams make a comeback, of course. In um, Worlds last year, he bombed after a bout of, foods, of uh, food poisoning. And then uh, when he competed later in that year, he totaled a, a, a mare, again, with the uh, inverted commas. I think it was like 937.5. Like, he won that meet, but he sort of scraped when he's... I'm pretty sure he's totaled... Is that like 1,100 before or something, something stupid? 11, 11 12 10, 11,
1: 12. Yeah, something like that. Yeah,
3: yeah so he's like... 160 kilos, 170 kilos off his, off his best. And I was really looking forward to seeing after like 2019 horrific year for Ray Williams, I was looking forward for 20, 2020, come back, hit the 500 kilo raw squat, hit the PR total, like, you know, be the best that he, he can be again. Um, and unfortunately he just did, didn't even make it to a platform just because of everything that was going on. And so like that, that was a real disappointment.
2: Yeah. I gotta, I gotta admit not seeing Ray do his thing is tough. Um, maybe it was the year he needed to recalibrate and get himself back on track because he's got other things going on in life as well. So if he, if he did feel, you know, pulled in a couple different directions for some people, it was like, all right, man, maybe 2020 came at the right point to let me, you know, put, settle some other things in other aspects of life and prioritize in that direction. And when he comes back and all these other people come back in 2021, you know, they could, they could hit the ground running, so to speak. Um, you can only hope. That's what the hope is for 2021 fellas. Um, and I think we have pretty much all of our categories wrapped up. Did you guys have anything that we have not hit up that you wanted to discuss as well that you. from Do come back real quick. Come back. Yeah. Western. You know what? Come back. I'd said mine, but if, yes, let's do come back officially. Cause I tossed mine on top of.
1: I think female JT. I had the same thing. I mean, uh, you know, as you know talking about the elite level people elite level lifters and her coming back from another injury and smashing the uh you know another bench unofficial bench world record i think that's you know you know it's really hard to leave her off that list for sure you guys got anything else she's a comeback queen man
0: I mean, for, for women i was gonna say same thing with jen is that the 478.5 when her pr is 500.5 that's a great, great. comeback she took the shot at the american record squad for masters one um, it just wasn't there. So she took some big jumps in Squandella. I think if she had taken smaller ones, theoretically, she'd have like, you know, maybe 485, maybe 490 total. So maybe she's not going to be able to keep up with the the top ones, like, you know, 520, 530. But I think she's capable of a PR total at that age, coming back from those injuries and stuff like that. I think it's a good comeback for this year and it's going to set her up well for next year.
1: Sure. Uh, for the guys I had Keith Mahoney oh uh, yes he has yeah, he yeah, just came mad. back he competed last week or two weekends ago and you know he hasn't competed in like 18 months or something like that so just cool to see him on the platform um he put up a 655 total at 66 so i mean nothing humongous by any means but like just cool to see him back in the fray of things i mean former world silver medalist and that kind of stuff so um you know another year training under his belt or getting back into the the competition fire so to speak and he could be another one of those guys up there fighting for that 66 kilo total again since you know it seems like charles is possibly retired yeah so that's going to be a pretty heated weight class i think at our nationals for sure uh there's a couple of really nice guys there so i think yeah adding keith back into that fire would be cool um let me say charles
2: retiring was a disappointment for me because i'm a big charles fan and he's he's a he went back to back, man. And he's a hell of a performer and he's fun to watch. And he, he hits the platform with some pizzazz too, a little pep in the step. So I liked watching yeah. him. Had him had him on the podcast and he's a phenomenal interview as well. So he's a loss. Um, someone to look forward to for t- 2021, 66 six kilo is Pena from France. If the guy can stay healthy. Um, he's had some health issues, but if he could get healthy and register a total, I don't know if he did in, in 2020, if he did, it was below what he could. Um, Cause he's done mock meets and he's, he's showed potential of hitting 700 kilo total at 66, which is obviously world-class, you know? I mean,
3: that's, memory, that's. He, uh, so from memory, he, he had a total, but he did it with a um, token squat and deadlift. Like I think he might've done 70 kilos for each of those. Um, yeah. and, gotcha. But benched 180 in between uh, at 65 kilos or whatever it was. It's nice. ridiculous. He, his
2: potential you know, I was, well, there's a disappointment. I was disappointed he, he had to, he was injured, but uh, it is what it is. But I really do believe um, he's someone to watch in the 66 six kilo class. If he could pull it together and he's healthy, he's going to have a freaking monster total as a 66. And, six, and he is a massive 66 six kilo lifter, absolutely jacked and ripped. Uh, Pena from France. So keep your eyes on him for 2021.
3: The uh, comeback that I want to talk about as a, as a local lifter from Auckland, we call him the Prince of Auckland powerlifting, uh, John Strachan. He hasn't competed in about two years. He got, a uh, got married, uh, separated. It was a whole thing. Um, he, and uh, but he did his first meet in about two years. Um, he did it down a weight class. He used to compete at 74. He's coming at 66 kilos and it an absolutely shredded 66 kilos as well and put up about a 650 total. So like just shy of mm-hmm. 10 times body weight, like down, down a weight class and after not competing for two years. So glad to see him back in the mix. Um, I doubt he'll be staying at 66. I I expect he'll be going back to 74. He was uh, hurting pretty bad to get there, Um, but happy to see him around again.
2: The Prince
1: of Auckland? Prince of Auckland powerlifting. Is Is that like the Wizard of New Zealand, or what is that like?
3: <laughs> you lost, That's but there actually an, there's actually an official wizard in uh, Christchurch. Oh,
1: we, we know, we know. Dude, I <laughs> didn't want to bring up the Lord of the Rings reference, and you guys do things a little different down
2: there, but this is <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair hmm. enough. It sounds like a fairy tale. And did you do your comeback already, Arian? I forget.
0: For the, the men, I didn't really have anyone. I mean, there wasn't like much comebacks and stuff going on. It would have been nice. If uh, Dennis Cornelius had competed at the Arkansas meet I was at last week, because I mean, his best numbers for like the 120, 120 plus are from uh, like two or three years ago. So it'd be interesting if his numbers were going well. If he would have been able to hit the, the PR there, that would have been like a nice, you know, comeback. I mean, I guess you can call it that, but I didn't really have anyone.
2: See, for me, here's the thing. I, um, time off like Dennis would have wouldn't, doesn't strike me like a comeback. I know what you mean. When you're looking for one, you just kind of, who had some time off. <laughs> Um, two years is different. That's a comeback. Wow. Rory's pick. Like if you're straight up out of the game and then you come back. All right. But, um, in terms of a story, like Jen coming back from injury, 47, like legit, I was gone legit. I'm back and I'm, I hit a total that brings me back or, and obviously a bench like for a record, that's a comeback. It was tough. It was tough for me to find one of the men who legit was gone came back and did something significant, or at least, if, if not historical, the story was like, holy shit, that's a comeback. But, but did you see
1: anything, Bill, come to mind? I didn't have anything for the men. Yeah, I, just had, I had Keith Mahoney, was the only guy. I, right, Keith right. Um, but as far as other, like, big – not really, not that I could – I'd say he's the really only one I could really come up with. Like, he has, like, the 18 months off kind of thing. Um, is- but I would like to – I mean – if as soon as Eli competes again, he'll be my comeback player of the year. <laughs> Eli Burke. Uh, Fair enough. He's always he, he's always a guy who takes, you know, he'll win worlds, take a couple of years off, come back, win worlds, take a couple of years off, you know. So world, he's always world, good for it. World championship run, Eli. He said he was gone though, is he not? But I don't know if we should believe it.
2: he said it. He said it before. I'll say it again.
1: <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> Supposedly. And same with Garrett blessings, right? Didn't he say he's gone? Ooh, i don't
0: know i don't, I don't know. know he's training he's lifting big weights
2: a lot of these guys who said they're gone and then you see them in training and they're lifting weights i'm like i'm not sure if i should believe you
3: <laughs> i want to see mike t back on the platform he's like what did he front squat like 580 pounds or something recently like he's who's this on mike mike, t. mike,
1: mike oh, okay you froze for a second sorry yeah mike t yeah. yeah yeah that'd be cool i mean obviously he's got you know little kids like i do so i mean training is has been difficult for him from what I've understood when I talked to him a couple of times, but like, yeah, I mean, obviously he's, you know, tremendously strong and to see a comeback from him would be amazing. I would love to see that.
0: Yeah. And he might be a weight class lower. So it'd be interesting to see like, you know, going down Ooh. a weight class, come back after years and years and seeing what he can do. That'd be definitely interesting. And on the equip side, I was thinking it might be interesting for next year. Maybe there'll be a comeback as people trying to get back to world games on the equip side. So maybe, right. like, you know, Priscilla Rubik or Leanne Blaine come back and, and try and make one more run at it.
1: Huh. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, if Charles – I, I kind of thought that was Charles's route. if he didn't get hurt. It was going to be, like, you know, stick with Raw for a couple of years and go back to that to try to hit World Games again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just – yeah, World Games is a big deal. So, I mean, that's going to be the big story for um, equipped championship in 2021 is going to be – you know, qualifying for World Games 2022. So you're going to see a lot of the, so unfortunately, right? So you're going to have Raw wor- or Classic Worlds is going to be the beginning of October and then um, Equipped Worlds is going to be end of, beginning of November. So you might see some of the crossovers not show up to Classic or, you know, possibly just because they want to concentrate on the uh, uh, Equipped side to get into World Games kind of thing. So we'll see on that. There's not many of them, but, you know, your Fetisienkos, your Gara. Um,
0: Gara's, yeah.
1: yeah Anna. You know, Yeah, yeah Anna Castellay, right. Yeah, I'm so – funny Yeah, I had a couple of crossovers. Bonica for sure, yep. So, we'll hmm. see.
2: Yeah, we'll see, fellas. I was also – one of the things I was going to ask, but I don't even think it's possible, is to say if we were going to choose a coaching staff um, or a coach of the year, but to be completely honest, this year usually I need to see – You know european championship u.s nationals and worlds to really know otherwise what like did you get a guy to or or a woman to peak when she's lifting on a pose at a local meet gets to take her all nine lifts because she's not pushed on either lift so it's not like it's not quite the same um so i didn't even ask you guys in the group chat because usually it's like, well, how many world champions do they have? How many national champions did they have? How many world records? But like, there was no world records, really. There was no, like, there's not enough to stick your teeth in. Unofficial records at local meets, when you're unopposed, basically lifting unopposed and you're a local meet hero, it's, it's tough. And I didn't think it was going to be like, it's not even really worth
1: discussing, am I right? Well, who's Leah's coach? Just name that guy, coach of the year. Whoever. What is it? Pana. That's Pana, the, Pana. the French, that's the sex killer lifter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So him, let's, let's call him, let's call him yeah. coach of the year considering it, it, she's just bought a 220.
0: He's got a good, I think like sub-junior female, a couple of uh, good lifters over there. France. Samantha Eugene. Yeah. Samantha
1: uh, Eugene. Yeah, there you
0: 63, go. Yeah. Well, what, what I was just going to mention about that is yeah, it's tough to have a coach of the year this year when there wasn't yet yeah, any higher level competitions, but I, I just wanted to point out, you know, the dynasty uh, uh, coaching dynasty. If you were discussing <laughs> about Joey flex a while ago and I think maybe, maybe people can make an argument that like, let's say he's a current coaching dynasty off of the past few years, but you can't say he's all time when there's all these other coaches from, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, from other countries and from equip collision, all the stuff like that, that have been doing it for longer than Joey's even been around coaching. So for people like want to go look up like Billy Jack Tallon, which is what our USA Pop Team coach of the year uh, award is named after. Cause he won for decades for Louisiana tech, but I think if you want to talk about it now, and I would say okay, just throw the coach of the year to him as, as Joey for for what Amanda did and what for Jesus did for what Cameron Brown did. Just those performances at the local meets. I'm sure there's other ones that I can't remember.
2: Kickle or he is a mock meet. More he is a mock yeah. meet.
1: Neither of them like, competed though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. like so it's, for, it's, it's like for a real, real meets, meets it's a weird
1: year, yeah, for sure. It, for you real
0: meets, if you, you can just take Cameron Brown. You can take Jesus Olivares. You can take. Amanda, uh, Lawrence. Amanda Lawrence or, yeah, who's
1: asked who's Ashton's coach does that guy should be or that whoever that is should be coach of the year too
2: it's yeah. too tough because nobody because then Taylor out like the Shrank guys with Taylor Atwood as well and like freaking um I, I mean you, you could yeah it, it I mean this year is a fucking write-off let's be honest we we need we need some actual competitions in terms of the dynasty thing um you know Equipped like if I don't know how they would I, I didn't actually hear the podcast when they talked about it, but um I threw it up because I'd seen the question posed, so I threw it up for uh King Elifts. I forget how the question was even worded. Did it say who's the best now or all time?
0: It said all time.
2: Was it all time?
1: So here's the thing though, like like his roster now is sick, right? Yeah. Not which only was like it all it's, time, it's,
0: but it said IPF, which includes you know not just USAPL, but all other country coaches. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, What's his okay. roster now is sick. There's a, there's a ton of high-level lifters on there for sure. Um, but, I mean, you know, Amanda, John, and Russ have world championships. No one else does. So it's really hard to be a dynasty when you have, you know, three championships scattered over 15 weight classes over, you yeah, know, five too, years yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing, yeah. right? Yeah, t- It's tough. I, no. I don't think you're – yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. sir. Yeah, I'm just saying. So, like, you yeah, know, if it was – uh, yeah, this just, is just not a dynasty. That's not the word for it. The dynasty is not the word for it. That's all. I, I understand it's that they
0: didn't. I was just kidding. I just understand they all think right now and they're all thinking raw and they're all thinking the coaches they know because even if you go look at the comments, the comments are all the other coaches they know like Sean Noriega and Steve Denobi or these other people. They don't know anything about like, you know, coaches made from from other countries. Uh, or coaches even from within their country that have been around before. Like Larry Maley used to be a big-time coach for a lot of Alaskan powerlifters, for Priscilla, for Harry Hall. They had teams that won nationals multiple years in a row. Like I said, there's Billy Jack Tallon for a collegiate powerlifting. Uh, so there's lots of these other coaches. That they probably just never heard, even heard of them before. Like if we're talking
3: all-time dynasties, you have to talk about names like Dietmar Wolf, right? Like dude revolutionized yeah. the way that, like norway does all of their programming one like I, I don't i don't even know how many world championships across equipped across raw like for and it has been doing it what 15 years 20 years something like that like that's that's dynasty um
0: i, I remember like anywhere you go on the <laughs> internet people were trying to figure out what that norway programming is everyone wants to know what it is or high frequency programming <laughs>
2: it's a i think um you know, in terms of the unequipped, like uh, raw, whatever you want to call it, like Bill was saying, a dynasty actually means like, for instance, Olek in the equipped 74s, who ran for just shy of 20 years straight. Yeah. Or Kimberly if you want to say Walford is a Kimberly dynasty. Walford, Ray Emily's Williams,
1: a five years. Yeah. Um, Bonica, hard, Bonica is a dynasty for Hornica sure. Brown, I mean, right. like people like that. Fedusienko is a dynasty. Yeah, for sure. It's but difficult. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's difficult when
2: you're, when we're seeing coaching services, yeah, it's a uh, you need. I think we need longer, first off, longer period. And we need, like, because in a particular world championships, if we just look at open, you know, you could have two to three coaching services that have an open world champion. And then you'll have a bunch of smaller independent guys with a couple people here, a couple people, like a person here, a person there, and a couple people within their ranks, like even like Pena, for God's sake. You know, some of the stuff that he's doing just alone, but it can't be as fragile as one person can come in and quickly rival with a couple hot stars. A dynasty is not that, to Bill's point. I'm kind of snowballing where, um, you know, it's difficult to say dynasty only because there's so many weight classes, men's and women's, and it hasn't been dominant. Nobody has been dominant enough in one particular year, let alone every year to use the word dynasty so it's no matter i know what they're saying because joey's roster is sick uh but you know when you say dynasty it doesn't mean who has the sickest roster like who has who has the all-star team that's a different there, there's a nice way of wording it but when you say because you'd be like wow his all-star team would be fucking phenomenal if you could pick someone's team you know oh fuck, i'd go with joey's like that's just different but um when you use the word dynasty usually it means you don't put caveats like just recent dynasty means like a long run. So that goes against that terminology. And then usually dynasty means year after year, after year putting together a legacy piece. So it goes against the argument of current, uh, you start adding, adding these caveats and it starts getting lost. Um, and I honestly couldn't off the top of my head, give you the answer, uh, because we just aren't there as a sport. It's so difficult to do
0: this, <laughs> especially for like these other countries. It's hard to know like who coaches the Russian lifters. Like, does the yeah. coach of Fedotenko also coach these other Russian lifters? Maybe he's right. the dynasty. But like some I'll of the names you, what, you guys, man. some of the names you guys mentioned, actually you can you can make an argument. They all fall under the coaching tree of Gene Bell, which is Kimberly Walford, right. Onika Brown um ian bell there's probably some other ones in there so like you know bonica's won raw and equipped world games came as one raw every single year ian's won raw he's he's gone top three and equipped he's gone world games so you can make an argument that like for year after year just for those three lifters gene bell is one of the top ones
2: 100 yeah, yeah i mean it's it's you could do so many arguments i think the point um you know, like Bill said earlier too, is that you can make an argument for too many people. It's too tough. It's too tough, man. It'd be, it'd be really difficult to do this almost any year because of the way our sport is uh, because there's too many weight classes, men's and women's, etc. Whereas if it was just like the NBA and you have like five years in a row, you're champ, there is no other champs in the NBA. You got a dynasty. Whereas, or you could do a per weight class, this one guy or woman run a five-year run. You had a dynasty, but this, the word dynasties can be very difficult. Even your your Bell argument was sound. I guarantee you, if we left off on the podcast saying, that's it, it was Bell, and here's why. Fucking, you could have really viable arguments against it, right? Well, which, what about Mike T? Makes,
0: right, which, which is actually real. Which then makes a the claim that there is no dynasty. If you can't decide between Joey or Gene or Mike T or any of these right. other guys, then, then it's not a dynasty. I, I guess the, the only argument you can make uh, as a dynasty as a team in the raw side would be if you go to country if you go usa yep. we've won the open men's and women every time so for now they are the dynasty but it's also it's also very exciting to see that it's it seems like it's turning towards it's not an easy win anymore it's not okay we're going to win every weight class Like, I thought going into Sweden, our women are going to win so many weight classes. And, like, oh crap, we lost this one. Oh crap, we lost this one. Oh crap, we lost that one. So, it's interesting going forward how, like, France is going to do, how Canada's going to do, and some of these uh, Sweden's always been good. But for now, I guess that's the only claim you can make. Aaron, just
1: drop the team points right there. I'm just saying. Just drop the team points. End of podcast. (laughs) You know what? I was
2: going to close on this, and it makes me really upset that we are. Uh, But it is what it is. No, honestly. If we're talking dynasties, you're probably right, man. Um, it, the only way you could look at a dynasty would have to be team because then it's across all boards. Like I said, there's only one, you know, NBA's NBA finals. You have one champion every year. It's easy to do winner after year after year. That's a dynasty. If we're doing powerlifting and you're looking for dynasty, it's gotta be by team nat- nations and it's gotta be the U S because you guys consistently win. I do agree. The rest of the world is starting to get spicier. Europe is – Europe, and finally Canada is starting to belt off some world champions. 2018, 2019, we start getting some world champions here and there. Um, so – and Europe is fucking starting to heat up. And other places like Asia and South America as well. So, yeah, it's getting better. But um, I think it's going to be nations, and then you start looking at coaching staff or nations.
0: Yeah. You might I mean, have a dynasty you, there. If you want to end on a different note, if we have time for it, we can really quick do – Uh the showdowns for next year, what weight classes we're interested in.
2: We want to live. Yeah, fuck it's 12 o'clock, but let's rock and roll, baby.
3: Does anyone (laughs) care about any weight class other than the 105 kilo (laughs) men? Like
2: that. (laughs) Let me say something. (laughs) Let me say something though. On this dynasty talk, let me just say something though, because we've got some powerlifting nerds here. Um, is there because if, if we use what we think is the best criteria for dynasty, be national team points. Because you only have one winner after the worlds. It's one nation. Do we have head coaches, and let's use the open, that we could say led a dynasty, just like a coach in the NBA, a coach in the NHL, that we could say that man, that woman, and there could be two, a team led, a dyn- led got the most wins, and would be that dynasty?
3: Hey, Matt Mad- and Susie.
1: Or Angela. I mean, did we win the first three also?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the first ones were Angela and the Bomb. But I guess the argument, you can say that, you know, the first year was a classic cup and then there weren't as many people there. When when Susie was the head coach, that's when you had, you know, the, the most nations there and the most competition there. And so you can, I guess, make the claim that she's the one. Yeah, and wait two years,
1: and Arian will have three, and then... So so it's it's Susie and Matt. Wait wait 5 years Aaron have 6. I mean keep going.
0: Wait, what are you taking over from Aaron?
1: I was going to say if I get oh yeah, three year.
0: if I get 3 the commonality across the uh the two head coaches would be Bill.
1: Assistant coach right?
0: of the year bud. <laughs>
1: assistant,
2: he's running an assistant coach dynasty. He's the oh, world's best assistant
1: coach and he's a dynasty. Oh, I'm saying. Dynasty. Dynasty. dynasty.
2: Well, how many – so you got one window under your belt as a head coach and you need two more to equal and then three more to surpass, Arian?
0: Uh, yeah, because, yeah, right? I, mean, yeah, I mean, we lost on this year, so I got my, my one last year. But, yeah, Susie, I mean, technically we got 2016, 2017, 2018. So I got to do 2021 and 2022 just to tire. It's
2: getting tougher, though. And what do you have to do to be head coach?
0: For USAPL, I mean, they put out the uh, the form for it, you apply for it. It's just based on doing the USAPL coaching course. You have to have the senior international or be going for the senior international, and then you have to submit your resume, and the executive committee picks who they want.
2: Hmm. Okay, so yeah, I mean, a couple of years. Who knows what the hell, too. But
0: yeah, and, and they're three-year term. so uh, they extended it this one year as well since we lost it. So. Okay so, have you have my... the possi-
2: so it's yours for sure for another two two more years
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck
2: man you just happen to take the wheel though when the rest of the world is catching up
1: you have I'm an opportunity to
2: you have an opportunity to tie you also have an opportunity to be the first US coach to drop the ball and lose
1: <laughs> yeah
2: that's what
3: everyone's going to remember
2: that's what they're gonna remember. You set the trend. He's the first guy to drop the ball to lose, and that's he tarnishes the legacy. Can you imagine?
0: It's it's gonna be it's gonna be that and me being the head coach for when Ray Williams bombs. That's what everyone's gonna remember me by.
2: It's <laughs> that and it? yeah, those are your two legacy pieces. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, that did not end the way I wanted it to.
1: Oh <laughs> uh. wow. So, uh... Okay, showdowns,
0: showdowns. We got, I, I agree with rory on the men's side it was a toss-up for for me between the 93s and 105s basically on where ashton goes because if ashton stays 105s and the 105s are just that more stacked it's 105. That. yeah so i mean between the 105s with ashton if Garrett levins comes back came in battle if we get rondell hunt at international level if we have Kristoff, like there's so many guys now bryce lewis uh you have no idea who's going to make it out of USA and then you don't have no idea who's going to win worlds.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously the American, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, hard, right? So, I mean, there's way more depth in the one Oh fives in the U S than there are in the world and the, and the one Oh five is probably the deepest competition in the world for sure. Um, so, it's not a, you know, sometimes it's a breeze or right? you win us nationals and like you, you know, move on to worlds and it's like, okay, now my better competition is behind me, but not, not necessarily the case with the one Oh fives for sure. But I do think that like at our nationals coming up, you know, you could have someone that's seventh place or second place. Like it could be like super interchangeable, like that deep kind of thing. Like you can have seven, eight, people over 900 kilos (laughs) like it's ridiculous it is ridiculous but um yeah i think that i mean i think the unknown of the 69 76 kilo class who's gonna kind of go where i know people have declared which way they're going but like you know until they actually show up and i see that nomination form of like okay cool these blah 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 this is here i think it's still an unknown that'd be kind of cool to see where that leads to for sure um I don't know. What else? Rory said 105, right? What do you think, Ryan? Let me say something. First off, that's a pet peeve of mine is when I watched
2: the U S raw nationals and I hear the commentator say, um, and Rory backed me up on this blood. And I hear the commentators say, oh, yeah, for you sure. know, U S Raw nationals, it's often harder to win the worlds, And um, this is really where the world-class competition is. And you know, you win this, it's like, it's, a, it's even bigger than winning worlds. Like they're selling U S raw nationals. Sure. But when I think of the biggest comp- biggest showdowns in the world, I think a 63 for women, and and the and the biggest and and the biggest is outside US. I think a 76 for women, and you're gonna have to deal with Bittner, and uh, I think a 105 for men. You have to deal with Rondell Hunt. You're not gonna find another Rondell Hunt to worry about within the US. And I think it like that or a 93. Your boy Keiko is gonna have to worry about Anatoly, and the world champion is 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 you know, resting in Europe. So like, it's an international field, which I think proves that that's a good thing because our sport is more international and not so run just by U.S. But that is a pet peeve of mine when I watch U.S. stream and I hear that. I only say that Americans don't do that a lot. But this one particular commentator said it a few times. And in that particular session that he was commentating on, um, the world champion was not American. And it was like, God damn, it, man. <laughs> That's that's not what you say when the American is.
0: Well, Ryan, I'm sure you know when you're on the live stream too. You're trying to you know you're trying to hype it up, get exciting and stuff like that. So maybe they're saying like that too. But yeah, some I know biased. it was.
2: It's just but, something that bothers me because it's so American to be to say that. If when you're not American, you're watching it, you're like, "You sons of
0: bitches." We're, we're in our own little bubble, but. Uh, no. But, yeah, I mean, Nationals might be more stacked because, you know, there's way more lifters in there. You know, we have, like, you know, something like 50, 60, 70 lifters in, in a single weight class in the Open. And maybe some of them are closer in total, even though they might be less than, let's say, Rondell They're closer in total so the placing can be up in the air. But the other variables are easy. Like, you know, traveling from, like, Colorado to Illinois to compete and, like, seeing referees that you know and stuff like that and maybe having your coach there and you know what the standards are, it's a little bit easier than, you know, like Bryce Lewis having to go across to Europe and stuff like that, compete at world. The referees might, yeah, the referees, the referees might be harder. Uh, You don't know about the food and and the water and all that stuff like that. You don't know the place and everything. And then and then you have to compete against someone that uh, like Rondell or whatever, Christoph, whoever, that like maybe don't have as many uh, statistics on or what they're capable of. So it becomes more variables involved that can make it tougher.
2: Yeah, man. It's it's a whole nother ball game. We got to travel to the other side of the world. I got to tell Rory. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think man, for me, it's a, it's the sixty threes. We could we could settle it between Gara and Leah because um, they have some unfinished business, as far as I'm concerned. One of them's a world champion. The other one's a world record holder. It's not a, often you have that, and um, it just speaks to it's got to get settled. In the Olympics, the hundred meter race, usually the world champion, Olympic world champion, is the world record holder most sports that's the case so when the world record holder is not the world champion we've got to settle the score don't we
3: and gonna um i to heads next year because they'll have the european championships and then almost certainly the world championships as well so that might be uh unless, yeah. for me.
2: or well, again so,
1: but Gara, yeah but, you know with world games coming up does Gara even show up to classic worlds because she has equipped you know 4 weeks after that yeah it's a good I, point it depends on her um and also, does do they both stay in the same weight class? I mean, again, we we don't know. Everything's up in the air. I know people are saying things now, but you know, you, you yeah, know, holidays come, the extra pounds pack on. You're like, eh, <laughs> if I can just lift it this yeah, way, 67 here. kilos,
3: that's, might as well go to 69. Yeah,
1: exactly. That, that's why for my,
0: my my showdown, I mean, even though we don't know who the showdowns are, I have to go with the 69 slash 76, just because we don't know yet. It's the excitement of the new weight classes. Who's going to go where? how competitive is someone going to be if they're cutting down from the 72s to 69 versus someone who's filling out into the 76s. Um, so we we have we don't know who's going to make it out of USA and then who, who's going to be at the international level. So that's like going to be the exciting showdown to whoever makes it because it's the first time.
2: And you might actually see um, if between Anna and Kimberly, two women battling it out and the winner becomes the first ever triple weight class champion.
1: Yeah.
2: And they're going head to head for it. As long as both of them make it. If both of them make it, let's but let's just play the positive in terms of these showdowns. Yeah. Um that you don't get a better storyline. There can only be one and one of them's going to make history. That's that's fucking massive. And if you're talking Kimberly's already the goat 10 years from now if you're wondering will she still be considered a goat that'll really help her. Because you know how hard it'll be for someone to come up behind her and win three in three different weight classes very difficult uh it's only getting harder and harder so that would really help her legacy just one more just one more that that would really shift it but guess what anna's trying to do the same thing so that's that's a hell of a showdown with a lot of historical meaning and significance behind it i do but again really- you also
1: have anna with equipped four weeks later so does she even show up for,
0: for i mean that? she did in the same weekend once before
1: that's true i mean she, yeah she's she's she she both world records
0: like <laughs> she the likes to compete. say.
2: Like the kids say, she different. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and, and uh, Ditmar Wolf is coaching her. I mean, He probably has her on training to prepare for that, if uh, he, that's in his plan. Um, and you might see some interesting things in the in the start of the seventy sixes. Like let's say Jess is first world champion in the seventy sixes. It's her first world title, and who knows what she puts up 570, 575. And then in a few years, yeah, and on the and in a few years, maybe she's like the the first one to break six hundred kilos in that you know in that weight class.
3: One other one that I'm looking forward to is the uh, 57s. Uh, I think three people went within one kilo of each other this year. Uh, Bobby Butters, uh, Joy and Amami, Evie Corrigan all went over the world record. Um, I think it was all like uh, 542.5, 543.5, that sort of range. Um, So obviously there's uh, still uh, your girl, Ryan, um, but but I think that could be one to watch as well.
1: Yeah, so you have those three plus Maria didn't even compete this year. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty damn solid for sure. That's going to be, that's going to be a fun one, I think.
2: And then, um, if, so the women's, yeah, for sure. Uh, and if, if Mello goes 76, we have a battle with, with Jessica, which would be phenomenal. A lot of a storyline there because the question marks around Mello, how will she be at 76? How will she feel? Um, she could be, man could hit her stride rejuvenate or she might be like, Oh my God, that's a tough weight cut. Cause some people just don't like the feeling of it. Um, and if she stays 84, that's an amazing showdown as well with the Mandalorian.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it'll be interesting as far as the qualifying process that Bill mentioned because right now, because we have, well, I mean, all the meets are over, but for the ones that were doing, going, if you were competing in the 72s, you had the option to change. Or if you were in the 84s, you had the option to go down because they didn't have the 76 and 69 yet. But starting January 1st, they're in place. So you might have to compete in the new weight class in order to qualify for nationals in the new weight class. So Danny might have to go 76 at a local meet to qualify for nationals Let's say in the summer, make 76 at nationals, win, and then go to worlds in October, make 76 again to win. So it'd be a a difficult year.
1: That would work for her, especially like when they came out with that qualifying thing saying that the, any 84 can go down to 76, knowing she didn't compete this year. If I was her coach, I would have had her sign up for any meet she possibly could in December and just be like, show up and do whatever you can Just to hit that qualifying total, so you don't have to cut twice in 2021 because now she's going to have to. Yeah. But in, in, I'm just thinking about like Isabella von Weisenberg, for instance, maybe cutting, getting used to the cut and working out the kinks and figuring this out now before it's. I mean, Bella missed 72s last in 2020. So her cut didn't go well for that meet either. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Right. But I mean, uh, in, in terms of, um, I was using the, the comparison yeah, yeah, to no, uh, I 63, like yeah, I, no. I I'm, I'm of the thought that, I mean, you don't want to cut too often to deplete yourself too often or to get the body weakened. But I like a little, exp- if you're not sure about a cut, I like a little experience. I have people like do practice cuts, just get down there. You don't have to lift at your house, get down to the weight, feel what it feels like. Your cortisol realm. I've had some bad cuts in my day then your cortisol levels go through the roof. And then your actual ability to let go of water goes right out the window and the shit hits the fan sometimes. The more you do something, the better you get at it efficiently in terms of, well, I got to water load a little more. Well, I have to cut the water a little further out. Well, I have to do this in terms of, you know, just the procedure gets tightened up and how you react mentally and then physically to it also changes the more you do it. Your cortisol levels stay balanced. You don't retain water as much. You don't panic as much. You know what you got to do. You're dialed in. It's a wild oiled, um, if it's going to be any kind of issues, I would be like, Man, you want to do this two to three times before you end up traveling across the world and trying this and then going battle with Jessica, freaking Bittner, for God's sake, <laughs> that is a mistake. But, um, so I'm not too worried about it. They might have told themselves the same, who the frick knows? Um, or maybe she just is like, I can't do it, I'm injured, or whatever she's dealing with. Um, not to dwell on that too long though, I agree, gentlemen, and on the men's side, I think we all agree. 105s is freaking going to be bonkers. We touched up on that quite a bit. I also see a battle coming for 120s. If Ray gets back on track 100% and speaking with him, he said he plans on it and he wants to, you know, raise his game up and, and surpass what he was, not just equal. Then him and Jesus Olivera are on a collision course at US Raw Nationals and it's going to be a freaking clash of the titans, which we haven't seen. Um, And I am freaking, well, since Blaine Sumner, we'll say, and I am freaking stoked to see it. Um, So that's a battle that in the super heavies that we haven't had in five years since 2015. Um, So I'm excited to see that one. Also, uh, the 93s, where we have Jonathan Keiko running around with a total bigger than the world record. But then we also have Anatoly, who I believe has a total bigger than the world record at his nationals. Mm -hmm. nowhere near as much fanfare, because who pays attention to Ukrainian nationals, but he's the current world champion. He's capable. And I think he's being greatly underappreciated and underestimated um, by a lot of American contingency because they just don't
1: see enough of him and they don't realize what he's posted up, what he's capable of. So on his uh, YouTube or whatever, when he did his nationals, which was before Sheffield, right? Um, Basically he said, he just chipped his records or no, no, I'm sorry. This was from Europeans. I'm sorry. Last November, whatever it was, he said, he goes, you know, why should I cost myself money because I have Sheffield coming up and only, so I only chipped my records when I could have just smashed them basically. So like, I feel like he has like a 900 plus total coming this year for sure. Um, I just, I have that feeling that he's just going to unleash. And like, if you know, whoever us sends, whoever, you know, um the other countries saying it's just going to be like a a, yeah i just i just feel like it's going to be a a runaway with him to be honest with you if i had to guess he walked away from his last debt at europe yeah right that's what i mean yeah yeah, why why should i right why should i that's basically what he said
2: far more capable (laughs) if people are just looking at the totals they don't they're gonna they're not they're gonna be underestimating him and Mm -hmm. and be rattled Um, but yeah, I see it coming. So, I mean, I think Keiko could still win it, but he's got it's, it's a fucking battle. Anybody who doesn't think it's a battle, um, anyone who's looking past them is, is going to be missing it. And then you got guys like Borkert who are going to step up. So I think the 93 at the world level is Mm -hmm. a bigger battle in this case, uh, in the USA Raw Nationals, Borkert will give good resistance, but I think Keiko looks really good, but, uh, that's one that I'm looking forward to as long as we need international battles to happen. And um, 83, pretty much the same old story. Unless somebody gives Russell Ring like a run for his money, sorry, uh, like Sean Norega pieced together an 825, which is which is good, and uh, which is is fairly close to Orhi, and and is enough that Orhi now. No, I mean it's it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying in terms of his chances, um, he is now close enough that Orhi needs to be 100 percent on his day, or else he can lose. Whereas previously Sean, I mean, I had Sean on the podcast, we're talking about Sean. It was like he needed Roar or he to really drop the ball for for Sean to take him. Now with 825, and Sean's a junior as well. I think he's coming out of the juniors in 2021. But with Sean's progress, if Sean puts together a total and can expand on that 825, get into the 830s, which is only five kilo away, Russ has to hit. Russ can't have a shitty day all of a sudden which is i mean he's had a couple shitty days and gotten away with it that's not going to happen anymore so i'm interested in seeing how that plays in u.s raw nationals and then obviously at the world championships i think there's another kid who's good in the 83s at the worlds but his name's not ringing a bell
3: the big variable there of course is uh, surgery <laughs> recovery right
1: U- Ulan, saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh!
0: that is a square word oh! we don't use that we don't use that <laughs> name that, that's exactly what I told them um, when I was talking to, to Russ and Joey going to worlds last year is like, Russ has to hit that third squat Like Brett is so close. You have to be on point. You have to hit that third squad. Then the gap between the second and third, if you miss out on that many kilos, leaves the door open. And so like you're saying the same thing now with, with, with Nori coming up and who knows if, if Deuce shows up the nationals and what kind of numbers he puts up, he's putting up some, some big squats and devils in the gym, is that it might come to a point where for nationals, he has to hit that third squat. Uh, and a third deadlift or else these guys are going to be able to catch them on their perfect day
2: that's what you want to see man I mean I you don't want to see a spread where it's an easy win even if you win it even or he himself like I'm sure he would rather be in a showdown that people care about to watch and he's felt it he against um, Brett both years that he won uh, one year he missed worlds and the other one he won it Um, both years he's in the midst of a showdown and it's it makes the win that much more valuable and the, and the shine you get. But the 83 is obviously is at the domestic level for the U S and then at the world level, it's going to be freaking you got Brett, as long as Brett. So how's Brett doing? I haven't talked to him in a hot, I talked to him about like UFC and MMA, but there's no competition. So I haven't really asked him about how that's going. Cause I see like he's doing spear fishing and he's um, you know, his, his powerlifting channel is turning into a, a fishing channel. And <laughs> so how's he doing, sir? Do you know?
3: I spoke to him a, a little bit about it not too long ago and like his his recovery is going well and he's just focusing on, on getting his elbow healthy after getting those uh, bone shards removed. Um, so it's like, it's a good time to do it when it's a long time before there's, yeah. there's, you know, big things going on again. So yeah, he's, he's on the upswing.
2: I mean, he's like 10 months
3: out. <laughs> he's fine. Right, it's, right? Like, it's so, so far out that it's not like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. Right.
2: When we're talking worlds is in October and we're in December, it's like, what are we talking about here? Ryan's, <laughs> new, uh,
0: Ryan's new comeback and prospect for next year are going to be Brett Gibbs and Liz Craven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so speaking of Liz real quick, I wanted to mention the 52 kilo class because obviously, um, so Naomi Albert, she got silver last year at 47 and she's bumped up and she was European champ at 52. I think she's going to give Joy a run for her money. And there's these rumors floating around the Instagrams about Liz Craven possibly coming back to the IPF. Um, And she was a 52 at one point. So, I mean, that'd be cool to see that. And then plus, you know, whoever America sends, whether it be Marisa Inda or um, Andrea Riley, the uh, woman I mentioned before, you know, you could have four women in, in that 520 plus kind of thing. So... You're it'll right. Pretty. I mean, I'm 520. No, sorry. Um, uh, 420, like 420 to 430. 4, 420. Yeah, 420, 430 area. So it'd be nice. I agree, sir. And it'll be depend on what
2: Liz looks like. She is in her mid 40s now, but some of these women age like fine wine and just their totals hold,
1: seem yeah, to hold for sure. forever.
2: Marissa also is in her mid-40s now. Uh, I, mean, I was, I was,
0: I was going to say, if Joy goes 57, like you said, then it could be like, you know, Masters 1 Marissa versus Masters 1 Liz and then Noemi Albert, which is like, you know, Junior moving up in the Open.
2: Yeah, Naomi being uh, from France too, another panel lifter. All right, fellas, look, we are pushing two and a half hours here in total. My God, I feel like we we just did back-to-back episodes, have been chatting all damn night Uh, much appreciated all your help on this one on both episodes that we did together you guys got some phenomenal freaking insight to say the least um is there anything else we should toss out there i think we pretty much covered we had a look back at 2020 pretty thorough and a hell of a look forward as long as all the cards are lined up and we get our we're back on track in terms of the scheduling thank you very much how can everybody reach you gentlemen in terms of the coaching?
1: Don't reach out to me. Talk to these guys. Your roster's always full. (laughs) No, yeah, get um, get the lift on uh, Instagram. You can hit me up on that.
0: Uh, Rory Lynch on Instagram. Uh, Coach Arian K on Instagram or com for my website. Or the YouTubes. He's got the YouTubes now. Or YouTube slash Coach Arian. Or uh, TikTok coach arian uh, pretty much pretty much anywhere you, you you entering coach arian it's either gonna be me or bruce arians from the nfl
2: and uh, <laughs> only, only fans that's right messy on that one okay, a month. <laughs> all right fellas thank you very much much appreciated we'll probably talk in the group chat momentarily anyways but right, uh it's been a slice be well